guys, welcome back to another episode of Sweat and Grime. You got the man with the hot pipes tonight, Mr. Brian. Turn on your furnace. What is happening, everybody? You like how I timed that? Dude, it was right as I was about to take a sip of beer. Exactly. I, I had to spit it back out. <laughs> you got the notorious Matt Totten. What's going on, everybody? You got the dick on the mic tonight. It is a big dick on the mic. That's right. Who doesn't have a good time when there's a dick in the house? Absolutely. And on the phone... We got some Mike. dude from Indiana. Yeah, this this dude from Indiana that a few people have heard of. We got Dirt Perfect on. What's happening? What's up, guys? Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for coming for, on our small little show. Yeah, our little piddly podcast. <laughs> we can officially hey, say we're got, legit now. Start somewhere. That's right. Actually, Mike, we were having such a good conversation before the podcast kicked off. We forgot to kick the podcast off. Yeah, yeah. you know. Oh man, I hate when that happens. I've actually <laughs> recorded a few podcasts and then realized I. Never hit recording. Yeah. Oh, dude, we, we've done that. I think the first time I came on this show was, you know, two years ago. We did an entire episode. Oh, without recording? And then all of a sudden yeah. they looked at me, they're like, dude, we <laughs> didn't <Fuck>. hit record. <laughs> and I'm like, and it's always. It's always the best one you've ever recorded. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Because then I had, then we did a re-record like right after that, not like the next day or anything. So everything we talked about, I thought I had to hit exactly what I said the first time. And it was just, it was 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 bad. It was was bad. It's just, everyone just gets so excited because it's fun to talk to like-minded people and everyone just starts gravitating and the conversations get flowing. It's hard (laughs) to just. Look back. You had one job. There it is. Had and one hit the job. record button. Yeah. You're like, you know, we forgot something. Yeah. Well, it's like people on the uh, YouTube the channel accuse me of stage and stuff. Listen, guys, I'm barely smart enough to walk and chew gum at the same time. I sure as hell can't act. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. If I don't get it right the first time, you ain't getting it at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no yeah. editing involved. That's that's some of that <laughs> yeah. Kentucky blood rubbing off on you, ain't it? Hey, hey, I'm north of that border. I can see it from here, but I'm north of the border. <laughs> now, now earlier you said you were right at the border. Yeah, he looks out yeah, of his kitchen so window. I'm, I live, uh, I am on the far southern end of Indiana. I live right on the Ohio River. I can literally look out my office window right now and see the hills of Kentucky. So you're, would you say you're right at the tip? <laughs> <laughs> or are you right at the plunger bottom? Well, I guess it'd be more like the tank because I'm right, <laughs> right between. between. <laughs> so you're really a Kentucky native that's just digging roots and claiming South Indiana. No, not at all. <laughs> Those are fighting words right I mean, there. <laughs> I love my folks from Kentucky over there. Got some great customers and some great friends, but I'm glad I'm on the high side of the river. Let's just say that. <laughs> so is <laughs> there know? like a, a very clear line of where the, the border is because you immediately go from six teeth to a full set? The river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's this, you know, almost mile wide body of water, you know, and uh, well, I got a lot of things I can't say, but I'm probably sure I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah, right. Hey, yeah, you know, we we say it about Ohio State all day long. That's true. Yeah, we, yeah. we don't hold you know, There used to be there used to be this running joke when I was a kid, and I'll probably screw it up. But there was a you know a Hoosier, which is a guy from Indiana, mm-hmm. Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, and uh, Kentuckian crossing the river in the back of a truck, crossing the bridge. Bridge ran off the truck, went in the water. Who didn't survive? It was the Kentuckian. Well, why? Well, he was trying to get tailgate open to swim home. <laughs> <laughs> you just lost that, thir- 13 customers off that. <laughs> you, you probably gained a few here in Michigan, though. Yeah. <laughs> that That's pretty awesome. much just sums it up in a nutshell. <laughs> it's not that they're bad people. They just don't think outside the box. So is it hilly down there right where you're at, or is it flat? 
No, man. So that's that's the weird thing about Indiana. You get from, you know, Indiana is kind of a, a long, slender state. So you guys want to run with that one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you, you know, from Indi- Indianapolis, which is our state capital, is right in the center of the state, right? Yeah. So from Indy North, it's a whole different. I guess that's where the glacier hit. So it's a lot like Kansas or, or um, Iowa, flat, a lot of farm ground. You get from Indianapolis south, and man, we got the hills down here. Okay. It's, uh, man, I can't wait. We, we totally different. missed. He gave us a cue. Oh, the yeah. long and slim jump. And we all just Dude, went. Dude, I was scrambling <laughs> to get my sound effect. I couldn't get over it. I bet he used my strong hand. <laughs> it was so bad. I was like, oh, I choked. I, yeah, I did too. Well, I, mean, I totally well, choked. This guy's damn state looks like a big ass tit up there. So. Wow. We look a big, like a mitten. mitten. God damn it. Well, <laughs> well that's, that's, more like a, that's more like. An age titty, okay? You call it a mitten because you don't know what to do with the rest of your fingers? Or? Well, yeah, they, in a mitten, they're all cupped together. Yeah. And then they're one happy place. Now, I do love the fact that there was a couple years ago, Wisconsin tried to take over the mitten, and then someone put this picture of in order to fit your hand in that mitten, your fingers would have to be all broken and. <laughs> Like, a crushed hand. That's the only that's time a, of year you could wave at somebody. That's right. And be flicking them that's off a, at the same a, time. That's a Kentucky mitten. A Kentucky yeah. mitten. Yeah, exactly. Attainable, yeah. retarded. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, how did you get into the dirt industry? And then I want to fast forward after you give us that story and talk about how you decided to start up a YouTube channel. Oh, so two of my worst and best decisions ever. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, I mean, trying to keep this short because we all got timelines here. Uh, everybody in my family self-employed and, uh, I didn't want to take over any of their businesses because my mom was a hairdresser and good Lord, that wasn't going to work. And, uh, <laughs> grandpa, grandpa sold insurance. I didn't like a desk job, so that wasn't going to work. Could and you imagine Mike's story, channel had he gone into the hairdressing? Oh yeah. <laughs> Diesel and hair. <laughs> what if you don't have a full head of hair? How do you, how do you even... <laughs> Deal with I this. think I would have had to went left or right to a different state for that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I just, I've always loved, I've always been very mechanically inclined. I like the outdoors. Um, my dad was an operator in the coal mine and uh, just kind of one thing led to another. Obviously, I wanted to be in the dirt industry and started off as a service manager in a Mack truck dealership. And then I actually worked several years as construction until I finally got. Until I finally got going and kind of took off on my own back in 2006, 2007. I've been doing this a while. When you were doing construction, was it on the dirt side or were you doing like carpentry? No, man. I was doing uh, a lot of carpentry. So the two main things I did, you're going to laugh your ass off at this. I always tell everybody I worked at McDonald's. I just remodeled them instead of flipped cheeseburgers. <laughs> nice. So, <laughs> I, uh, and man, they get mad whenever you call their help Mick helpers. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. It's not good. Never thought about a Mick helper. Yeah, I need to help one night, and I asked one of the guys. I think he's just sleeping the floor, so I'm asking the manager if they get their Mick helper to give me, and I got a lecture. Did you really? Oh yeah. I, I will say this though, guys. In all seriousness, I've worked in a lot of fast food restaurants, and McDonald's has got their shit going on. They have um, to at that scale. It's it's absolutely incredible. You get behind the scenes of engineering and thought processes and streamlining, and there's there's nobody can Chick Fil A maybe, but there's nobody that can compete with what McDonald's has got going on. But anyways, worked for a local contractor, traveled around, did a bunch of work for him. Then uh, I got a good family friend that actually owns a stadium seat business, so 
Really? Uh, man, I worked in Wrigley Field, Bill Bush Stadium, Met Stadium, Dodger Stadium. I've worked in pretty much every stadium across the country at some That's time or another awesome. removing state seats. Yeah. I could tell you stories for forever. Oh, we got That's one of those industries that you just don't ever think about. Yeah. That yeah, someone had to put yeah. all those seats in there. And well, somebody has to fix all those is, fucking seats. Would, and uh, you guys are getting the bone here is I've never talked about this on my YouTube channel. All right. But, uh, <laughs> we would go in and uh, like in, now 2000, that's a <laughs> in 2004, we went into Bush Stadium. We had 21 days to remove 67,000 seats. Jesus. Holy shit. And, you you uh, got a bone. We got a bone because you walked into the bush. <laughs> <laughs> when a bone and a bush find each other i mean that's uh, that how, that how, many, how many people did you have to accomplish that task uh we had uh at the height of it we were running two 12-hour shifts and we were just shy of 400 people wow holy crap and i was probably third man in charge i don't even know if you could find 400 people today to rip oh, out stadium yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went. We went to the Georgia Dome. We went down there, non-union to the Georgia Dome, and had uh, his right to work state and a lot mm-hmm. less seats. And we had to hire twice as many people as we need because third of them wouldn't show up, and their third wouldn't work. Sounds but, about uh, right. Still cheap enough to come out money ahead on you know the labor costs. But, yeah, right. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. But uh, but no, man, it was pretty cool. You know, working at Wrigley, <laughs> working at Bush. Uh, like Georgia I couldn't even Dome. imagine the logistics of having to do that, like at Wrigley. You know downtown and i haven't been to many other parks but wrigley's like i'm just saying like there's nowhere to put a vehicle on the side of the road i wish i could have videoed that getting 53 foot trailers in and out of there oh god yeah i told the owner that he couldn't park in his own parking lot because they told me i had it and i didn't know he was the owner (laughs) well (laughs) did it go over well uh you know what he was pretty cool about it he was a lot more you just tell him to take a seat you know point it He goes, I said, man, you can't park here. And he said, okay, okay. And uh, I said, I think there's some parking around the street down there, public parking. So he just drove on by. Well, I seen the security guard over there having a long conversation with him. I'm like, maybe I should go look into this. <laughs> I said, because I'm not a baseball fan, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm there to work, you know, yep. get my shit done and get out of there. And uh, he said, yeah, that's so-and-so. He owns the Cubs. And I'm like, shit. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> You're like, oh, about that. Uh, you, you can park right by Harry Carey. Yeah, so he, comes walking, he comes walking back through a little bit later. And I'm over there. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, yeah. he's like, he was cool, man. He's like, no, you guys got a job to do. He said, I fully understand. And um, and, and let it slide. But yeah, he took it like a normal you guys guy. Think about you guys fans of St. Louis baseball at all? Man, baseball's uh, like watching since paint Mark dry. McGregor, you know. Oh left. my god, we are gonna be friends. Yeah, like I would say, <laughs> yeah. Mark, late nineties is when I kind of like sh- threw it up. Well, apparently there's this guy in St. Louis called uh, Stan Musial, which was like the best baseball player ever. All right, and um, I what, was working what era? At the game. Uh, he was sixties, maybe. All right, all right, gotcha. Uh, maybe I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah. I was working security at the gate. This guy come up, said he wanted to come in and see a sweet one last time. I said, I don't care who you are. You ain't coming through this gate. Fuck you. I'm <laughs> standing on the feet of his statue, and he looks up at the statue and he says, Well, I'm staying. I'm so well, nice to meet you, Stan. You ain't coming through here. <laughs> That's like the same thing when I met Kurt Gibson. I was just oblivious <laughs> to who he was. Yeah. So I radioed down to security, you know, hey, there's some guy up here staying once in gate eye. 
there's like 15 freaking golf carts with little flashy lights that like start coming out of nowhere, you know, like swarming me. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, you know, anyway, it's just one yeah. of those things like, I feel like it's just for old people waiting to die. What, that baseball? Watch baseball? I can't do it, man. It's, it's, a, it's a grown-up game of pitch and catch. It's, like, you know, grown up pitching and catching, there's going to be a hell of a lot less clothes on. The, uh, the yeah. time that I thoroughly <laughs> enjoy watching are baseball, are you the pitcher or the catcher? Son of a bitch, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't be doing it with, what, nine or 11 men on the field. The only, dude, the only time <laughs> I've ever enjoyed watching baseball was when we were in a suite. And then it was like, you got free food, you got booze. Okay, I'll sit here and watch a ball I game. Like, I like watching the World Series at the last, like, four innings if it's a close game. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. about it. Yeah, that shit, dude. I don't know how people watch it. It is. I don't it's, either. It's I like watching watch paint dry, man. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. Anyways, I got us way off track here, but yeah, that oh, no, was anyway. great. You're good. And you know what? With baseball, if it gets a little too intense, you can flip we'll, over we'll hit the a home run and we'll bring it Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so yeah, I worked together contractor construction. Worked, you know, did that. Went out on my own in 2006, 2007, and uh, I actually got in, started in on uh, ICF basements, then home foundations. Interesting. And uh, it was just kind of a kind of a niche that needed to be taken care of around here. It's something I could afford the entry cost on. Mm-hmm. And uh, that led into being a GC. So I had an excavating business alongside of a, a, a contracting business, had a partner in a contracting business. So we actually built high-end, energy-efficient ICF homes for about 10 years. Now, ICF homes, are those the foam block foundations? Yeah, insulated right. concrete foam blocks. Yep, I was couple, trying to think. Uh, yeah, all right. Won a couple international awards doing that. And, uh, me and my business partner had a great relationship, but we just neither one of us was... There's just so much money coming and going and not a lot of money staying. Correct. Yeah. And um, he had other opportunities. I had other opportunities. And that's when I kind of sold off the property development business and we closed down the construction business. And I went back to focus. And I still had the excavating business kind of running parallel to everything. I just went back and focused on it. <laughs> Been one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah. Bigger is not always better. So I can agree yeah. 100%. Yeah. With that. So that's- how many guys you got working with you today? Well, so technically none. Love it. How many under the table? (laughs) We can't talk about that right now. (laughs) That's why I hold short guys, you know? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) They don't bump their head. (laughs) Uh, I got, uh, so I got, I got one retired operator that's just gold. He helps me quite a bit whenever I need him. And then uh, I do have uh, a good friend of mine's a bullet maker by trade and he's getting pretty close to being fully invested so he don't have to chase every job yeah uh which we call a man behind the scenes aaron so he works for me he's damn near full-time but technically not full-time type deal all right so he only works like 39 hours a week (laughs) yeah (laughs) on the books yeah 39 and (laughs) a half (laughs) you know i got enough damn work i probably keep 10 of us busy but i'm just you know the revenue is not the revenue is not the uh end-all be-all it's the profit line right yeah yeah. So who gives a shit if revenues through the roof? If the, revenues through the roof if the uh, profit line's not following it. That's, exactly. That's key that everybody needs to understand. You so, know? what made you decide to overly complicate your life and put everything on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I this, say that as this, another content creator because I know what it looks like in real life. <laughs> yeah. So you, uh, you're you're dirt and iron, right? Yeah, diesel and iron. Yep. 
or diesel and iron. Yep. Dirt and iron. That's close. But you know what? Close enough. I give it to you. <laughs> You're all about the D's. I actually got introduced to your channel through uh, Randy over at Extreme Sandbox. Oh, yeah. Or Randy over there. And yeah, yeah, he's got Extreme Sandbox. And then for a while, he was running the. Uh, the YouTube channel, or was that his YouTube channel? I can't well, remember. His YouTube channel was uh, Heavy Metal Learning. That's right. Yeah, Heavy Metal Learning. Yeah, he. I did a few things for him, and he was telling me about you. You man, you got you got one of the best damn intros out there. To be honest with you, I like it. I appreciate that. That was uh, that was a labor of love. You no, know, I those, put a lot of time into that. And, one of those you know, projects for him. You spent forty <laughs> hours on, and then you look back yeah. and you're like, well, that was a total waste of forty hours. Amen <laughs> <laughs> to that. I forgot the question now. I'm so, sorry. well, what made you this. decide to start putting shit on YouTube? Uh, so, um, in 2017, 18, I mentioned we, we decided to shut down the uh, construction business. Mm-hmm. We decided to sell off the development business. And um, I was going back to a simpler life. Kids were getting older, wanting to go to, uh, you know, have time for ball games, shit like that. So, yeah. I'm like, man, I got, I got, I just sold two businesses. I got all this damn free time in the world. Got rid of all my employees. It was just me. I was solo and, uh, my crazy ass damn neighbor. And I say that nicely is longer, <laughs> is longer Wade. I don't know if you guys ever heard of longer Wade. Yep. He's big on YouTube. Yep. So longer Wade has been my friend for years. Our families have done business together for 30 years. Now, is he on the Kentucky it, side or is he? No, Kentucky <laughs> side. Wow. Wow, what happens down there in Kentucky for you, yeah. Todd? <laughs> I gotta look at a different. I gotta look at a different window to see him, but he's still on my side of the wall. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> Apparently, but, Todd goes uh, down there for Little Asia. Come up, he's after. If you guys ever have weight on here, you never get a word in edgewise. I'll tell you what that guy. Tell That's him, okay. tell him get on come on. on the show. We'd love it. We'd love it. Uh, you, you think I'll you think I'm a ride. You ain't been seen nothing big that way. <laughs> They're really not anyway, that far away to drive to one day. No, I yeah. wanna say man, I wanna say when I were six hours, seven hours? Yeah, I wanna say it's only like six and a half hours. It ain't yeah, bad. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly five hours to the other end of the state. So you guys must be about two hours from the border. That's yep, pretty yep. much it. Yeah. Look at that good math. See, you can't do that across the river. I know. That's nice. <laughs> See, we we ride 69 all the way over to the they edge. They tried to do yeah. it across the river, but forgot. You, know you, know you know what the square root of 69 is, don't you? Shit. My wife? <laughs> hell, I don't, hell, I don't know. It's eight something. <laughs> <laughs> at least uh, we're like-minded. <laughs> I love it. So Logger Wade basically convinced you to put your shit on YouTube. Well, so Logger Logger Wade was having a lot of success on YouTube. He was clicking along pretty good. And what nobody knew at the time was he signed a deal with History Channel to be on Axman. So he was filming for Axman. Oh, there you go. And uh, and he was he had been on me for he had been doing YouTube for six or seven years, and he had been on me for several years to get onto YouTube. He's like, man, you do good, you blow it out of the water, get on YouTube, yeah, blah blah blah. I didn't have time for that shit. Mm-hmm. So until you, know, you did. <laughs> now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, I got this free time, and Wade's got this TV deal going. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm gonna try it, now's the time to try it. And I always tell everybody, if you're going to do it, you need to at least do it for a year yep. because shit don't happen fast. No, 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 no. Nope. I mean, you see the flash in the pan guys and a lot of the guys that make it fast, make it big fast, don't last long. 
Yep. You well, climb the mountaintop really quick and you fall the fuck down. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? I'll give it a try. So about three months in, I didn't even tell Wade I was doing it because I knew what Wade was going to do. He was going to shout my ass out and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't know if I was going to like it or not. I didn't <laughs> want to let nobody down. So I just kind of went under the table and uh, started it. And about three months into it, it just kind of took off and they quit. That's fucking off. He quit? No, he said it didn't quit. Oh, it didn't quit. Sorry. So how yeah. quick did you take off? Because I feel like about the time I got on YouTube was around 2020. You were sitting <laughs> around 50,000 subscribers or so. Am I right there? Or is my timeline uh, on? So it took me. I started in November. I started the Friday after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And in March, I hit 1,000 subs. Yep. And then by the following November, I had 18,000. Holy shit. And then the next year, I think I was up around the 50-ish. Yep. And I went from like 50 to 150 in like a year and a half or two years. I know you, you exploded. I was, I was, that's where I kind of came online on the, on the YouTube world was when you yeah. were around 50 or so thousand. And then I turned around and look a year later and it's like, holy shit, you were because you're what you're around two hundred thousand subscribers now. Yeah, I'm closing in on one ninety, I believe. The wow. more impressive number to me is, is I'm closing in on a hundred million views. Wow, that's fucking that's sweet. Nuts. So now, that's, do, you, do you get yeah. a plaque from YouTube when you get to that Not kind of views? Like, no, it's they just, subscribers. They just, get a, they just get to give you an email that you got a copyright infringement and you're doing something wrong. Exactly. <laughs> right. yep. Yep. Oh, and by the way, here's your check for fifty dollars. Yeah, well, mine's a little bigger $50. I'm not going to complain about that check. I'll be honest about Dude, that. Dude, I don't know what the secret sauce is to that, because I have been getting about seven to $800 a month from YouTube since I hit about 10,000 subscribers, and I'm now at around 50,000 subscribers, and I'm still making about $700 to $800 a month. <laughs> million wait, million wait, views. Wait, here, oh, here you go, genius. Yep. You, don't, yep. you don't get paid for subscribers. You get paid for views. So that's, uh, again, there, that metric. I went from, you know, getting around 40 to, you know, 30 to 40,000 views a month to yeah. I'm over, I'm sitting right around a million views a month now. And I'm, good. I'm still only making See, that I, I told him that he had to crop my you, face. Uh, I told him he had to crop. Are you sponsored by anybody? Like sponsored by? Yeah. So Chevron sponsors diesel and iron. So that's where the real money's coming from. But, but YouTube. Well, that's why YouTube. That's why YouTube cuts you out. What? Oh, yeah. Are you serious? If, if somebody else is paying you, why the hell are they going to pay you too? See, that's bullshit. Why? Why well, is that? Not, don't get mad at the messenger. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no. Goddamn it, Mike! You stepped right into it. Why the fuck would they dock me because I'm when I got a sponsor? Like they don't know what they're. You're still paid. selling ad revenue off of my content, right? That didn't uh, you change. Know, in, all, in all seriousness, I have this conversation with a lot of different people. <laughs> um, you know, it all comes down to your CPM and RPM, which is what you get paid per thousand views. For right. people who don't know. And it's how does YouTube view you as being like, how wide of audience can you reach with your content? All right. Cause like, you know, longer Wade for an example, he was kind of on your end of things. He may get 10,000 views on a video and make a thousand dollars. I may get 10,000 views and make $8,000. Yeah. That, that I well, don't get like long story short, for some reason, YouTube views my comments or my content that it's going to reach a wider audience of potential advertisers. I don't know if he, I don't know if any of us has got any control over. It. I do know that YouTube looks at channels that are sponsored a little bit differently. Hmm. 
because they think they they kind of assume they it's got a goddamn and, algorithm. But well, see, but that's... If, you, if you're sponsored by Chevron and the other competitors to Chevron are paying big money that month on YouTube, guess who's missing out? But they're still using advertisements. That's what gets me is you're still advertising. I get what he's saying though. But but you're still if I've given you as YouTube, if I've given you time on my channel to run ads. Well, it's their channel. You just No, it's it my channel, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm giving it's you time you do something wrong. What's that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. This, you know what? The second I take my pants off, it's over. Yep. But you know, that's when the, the CPM goes up. Is when the yeah. pants are off for 13 seconds until they find I'm it. I'm telling you, the OnlyFans well, is the direction this, to go here. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you on? Did you click on the right app? Well, so Mike, <laughs> I've got this brilliant idea where we just do the same channel, the same content on OnlyFans. It's just my lap camera. I'm not wearing pants. Yeah, I think and, it's a brilliant and idea. It's amazing how much money wait, we're wait, making. Wait a minute, how good a Zoom do you have? No, wow, wow. <laughs> it's not the Zoom. We're it's, going to get the inflatable. You got to use the ultra high def camera. Yes. Oh. We're going to take this little thing. That way, yeah, exactly. That way, when you zoom in, you you really can. You've got fine detail. Well, it's all about like the it's angle. More like, it's more like a fine tip pen instead of a big old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm talking like gotcha. a 0.4 millimeter you know instead those guys, of 0.7. You know, put, stay, stay behind their bucks for those pictures, and they look monster, like 200, you know, points and or plus. You I know, can't stretch my dick out that far. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> We're going to let you use the nuts like a etch a sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I. Man, YouTube's a damn mystery. I, I don't fully understand it. I think part of my success is maybe I don't try to understand it. I got good friends on YouTube that just study those analytics left and right. And I maybe look at them once a month. Yeah. 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 That's, I, dude, I, I don't just, dive into analytics at all. It's like it is what it is, especially with, with Google being over all of that. They're never going to tell you their secret sauce. They're yeah. never going to let you do see behind the curtain. It out, then they've already changed it. Well, that, yeah. yeah. It's. And I, and I think one thing Google does do a good job of, and sometimes it helps you and sometimes it hurts you, is they're constantly changing it. Yeah, yeah. So about the time you, you know, there for a while, everybody figured out watch duration was the big deal. You know, what, how much watch <clears throat> watch time can you get? And, mm -hmm. and, the, and that really drove it. And then um, now it's click-through rates on thumbnails. And it just, I mean, it goes on and on and on. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it's been good to me. It's hard for me to complain. I'll tell you that much. So being a content creator and then a contractor, do you actually enjoy the content creating? Uh, yeah. So whenever I first started, whenever I first started this, YouTube was meant to be a hobby, right? Yeah. Like, this is something I'm going to do in my free time. And then if I can make enough money at this to justify my time doing it, mm -hmm. hell yeah. So five years down the road, my YouTube, my, my social media presence makes about three times what my business does. No shit. Yeah. So that, and I'm determined to keep it my hobby, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what my, my goal is whenever I turn the camera on and film something, I want, I want to feel like, I want you guys to feel like I'm taking you to work with me. Yep. Yeah. Come to work, hang out with me. Like you see the good, bad, and the ugly, and everything else. I ain't gonna, you know. Of course, I got sponsorship deals and demo stuff, but I ain't trying to cram shit down your throat. I told John Deere. Oh man, I shouldn't have said their name, but I did. I you know, you know what? You can cram whatever you want down our throat. Rick <laughs> loves it. He gobbles it right up. <laughs> I'd eat John Deere for breakfast. <laughs> um, I just watched your you know, your episode uh, that you guys put the ripper on the back of the dozer of the deer. The deer yep. dozer. 
That was pretty the, sweet. The, the tile plow we built. Yeah, that was but pretty you badass. Look, you look at you look at the you look at a lot of these channels. You know, they kind of start off small. They have some success. Next thing you know, they're quitting their job. They're pushing a whole bunch of random shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. you just see the damn channel change. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Once you get and, they get a hold of you, and you gotta do what they tell you to do, then it takes away from the oh, and it cracks the organic, my shit up. You know, it cracks my shit up because I get. I don't know, 50, 60 emails a month from all these Chinese sponsorship deals. Aren't those the loveliest? Hey, we have a a giant pressure cooker that we think would do really well on your channel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I've had a couple of them. What's that? I said, have you even watched the channel? I think that just uh, pisses me off. Exactly. I got an email the other day where they forgot to change the little, you know how they got the little brackets where it's insert channel name here? Yeah. They forgot to fill one of those out. So it's like, hi. Insert channel name here. We love your content, and we really think it resonated well with That's our awesome. exercise bike. And yeah. I'm like, you fuckers! That's <laughs> don't awesome. It crack you up, don't it crack you up whenever you watch a random YouTube video and they're promoting that shit? Yeah, exactly. And that, guys, <laughs> is still, why the I only one that we're have... waiting for is Hitachi to come over here with That's our true. vibrator. Hitachi, we're waiting. We will, we want a legit Hitachi sponsorship with their vibrator line because we make we talk about it all the time on this show. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot got of Hitachi to, warriors here. This is way off base. My best friend in high school. <laughs> we we were in building trades class then one day, and he just had this real dry sense of humor. And uh, we were seniors, and he walked in about fifteen minutes late, and and uh, the teacher Rice he goes, "Where the hell are you at, Schaefer?" He said, "Oh man." He said, "Mama's Mama's vibrator wouldn't start it to be so I had a bit." Oh my God! Just fucking straight face as can be. He sat down in his chair and didn't say a word. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> That's a trooper right there. <laughs> oh, I can still see his just face. Ama- today, just imagine but... his mom at parent teacher conferences not too long after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that teacher trying to keep a straight face <laughs> while just singing about the vibrator. <laughs> Oh, Rice is just shaking his head like, yeah. uh, what do you do? <laughs> Getting in some uh, of those awkward conversations. If you could just hold the composure, dude, and watch the people squirm, mm-hmm. you know, it's priceless. Oh, he he was the best. He was the best at it. Of the two, of the two situations, you know, it would it would be better to have a non-starting diesel vibrator than a runaway <laughs> diesel vibrator. Well. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't say whether it was a Cummins or a Detroit. <laughs> I would venture it's a Cummins. Well, if it's got a miss, I'm just impressed it's running. A Cummins would be more likely to have a no start. I love the bad it. part about a Cummins is that so much is going to slobber oil everywhere. I guess that's good leave internal that's in it, I mean, in the, in the context that we're talking, is that really a bad thing? Yeah, not at all. <laughs> Depends if you're the vibrator, if you're the other half. So now that you are are well down the YouTube road, do you still enjoy the YouTube or has it become this Thorn. giant weight that that sits over top of you? <laughs> well, the um, to answer your question, long long story short, yes, I still I still enjoy it quite a bit, and I've went out of my way not to get myself overwhelmed with it. Yeah, um, I turned down. If your sponsorship deal comes with a contract, you might as well rip it up and shove it up your butt because it ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. You ain't gonna tell me what to do. Yeah. Um, if you're gonna tell me I need to read a line, I ain't an actor. I ain't reading cue cards. Go hire one. Yep. Yep. Um, I got some awesome, awesome partnerships on the channel and uh, built relationships with them and, and truly enjoy working with them. 
and, and some big names, you know. Uh, you you had the Minotaur for a, a wow. good yeah. long time, right? Yeah, I had it for almost a year. The Minotaur. That's what I was going to say. It was almost a year. We, they only let yeah. us have that bitch for what? A weekend. Uh, three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did the review. We messed with it. We played with yeah, it. Yeah, and then they were like, "Okay, yeah. on down the road." <laughs> yeah, I watched your. I watched. I did watch your review video. How did we do? Wait, did it pass the the on, dirt? I, I want to hear dirt the perfect honest. sniff test. Uh, well, I don't remember, so I must not have been that good. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Goddamn! That's all right. I'm kidding to be honest with you. I'll tell you what I should have did. Honestly, I watched the I watched your review to get familiarized with the machine before they brought it to me. You know what? I will take that. If if legitimate established professional YouTubers are using my content to educate themselves, there we go. I'll take that. I'll take that little yeah. backhanded back pat. Well, now what and I he never gave me credit. Is- I taught him how to drive the thing. Yeah, totally tough. What I, what I should have done is went back and watched it again after I ran it for about 200 hours. And yeah, and just That's true. I would be really curious. And fluff him up. So, so that being said, you want to have that conversation? Are you allowed to have that conversation? I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. So let's talk about that. Now that you've had a year with it, because what we got was... We got 20 hours a piece yeah, in it. So I got to run it in two separate uh, on two separate occasions. I got to go out to Tomahawk and run it as part of the dirt and do a review on it and i got probably 10 hours in the machine and then our local dealership gave us one for a weekend like rick said and we probably both got about 20 hours in it and that's the extent that we got to review the machine and so which uh i don't remember what tracks configurations you have on it rubber tracks was it rubber tracks Uh, I (laughs) i ran all three when i was at tomahawk and then the one that we had here, it was it was rubber tracks, wasn't it? It still pushed like a mofo. It, did. it does rubber push with those rubber tracks. So, what are your thoughts on it after a year? Because Rick and I, we see a lot of potential in that machine. Yeah, so I I agree with that statement. I mean, what what the hell do you compare it to? They, you know, the, you That's talk it. to the case guys, and the, and they it's a dozer because of the D becomes before the L. You know what I mean? Right. Um, How did and, you use it though? We probably used it sixty percent CTL, forty percent dozer. And then when you uh, used it as a dozer, were you able to our big? So I'll I'll give you the high level cr- overview of our critiques of it. Is it had a ton of potential, ton of power, and it did well as a dozer. But the problem was it was so the the short track base and and not being able to see that blade like you can in a dozer. Yep. Like yep. you have to relearn how to run a dozer when you run that machine. And so, so, well, that's, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Did you guys watch my review video? No, no, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't that good. I've seen it. Call- <laughs> that's right. you, it must you, not no, have been no, good. I gave it three seconds and then I passed on, you know, I gave it a three second uh, checkout and it was not no, good enough. No, I will say, and this is where I'm just going to, I'm going to be honest and vulnerable to you, Mike. There was there was a little butt hurtness on my part because we had been trying to get Case to come alongside us and sponsor us, and, right. and, and she turned away. Content. God damn it, she turned away from us, and you were the other woman, Mike. What? Who were you talking to? Can you say names? Uh, I don't know if I can. I I don't. So Bill Elverman, are you familiar with him? He was working well, on the marketing side for. I I talked to. I literally hung up with Bill to answer your phone call. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, me and Bill are me and Bill are pretty tight. Oh, I see. So, I, oh, I see. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> I see. I see I'll what happened. Apply. I'll let you apply who does the pitching and the catching. <laughs> that was like the backhanded slap yes. again. Like I hung up with Bill to answer your phone call. So yeah, and that's it. I I did not that's get. Awesome, I did though. not get a fantastic. So no, anyway, Bill, all that I mean, in all seriousness, I don't know how well you know Bill, but Bill's awesome. But he he's is. Famous. He's a good dude. I I got to spend yep. that weekend in Tom. Or no, it wasn't a weekend. It was it was a work trip, gentlemen. All right, calm yeah. down. It was a work trip. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, we, we spent a couple days in Tomahawk yeah, in left, the wood cabins together. Is your, is your wife listening all of a sudden? Or no, he left. He left there? Rick and I alone in the studio oh, to yeah, figure exactly. out how to run so, this board and do all this. You know, stuff. It was and, a weekend affair. It was. It was out in the woods in Tomahawk. The pristine. Have you been? I'm assuming they've taken you to Tomahawk. You know, I have not been up there. Oh, oh, he he to me. I don't have to go So Tomahawk is. It's I've like being it's, I've heard it's awesome. It's like being at camp for adults. It is yeah. literally log cabins in the woods of Wisconsin and you're in beauty all the time and then you get to go play on shit like iron. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I'm maybe going to make it up there in April if everything plays out right, but yeah, I've heard it I heard it's a must it's a must visit place. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. So, so, but it, anyways, back to your question yeah. about the uh, 550, I, I agree with you 100%. It's not, I told, I even told Case this, if you can't take this machine to a trade show, so, throw somebody in there for five minutes and expect them to be good on it. Nope. Mm-hmm. Because nope. you are trained to sit on a dozer behind the um, fulcrum point, you know, the seats back behind it, where we're on that, on that CTL. You're sitting in front of it. You're sitting on top of the blade, the yep. the track basis. So you got to, to your point exactly. You got to rethink everything you're doing. So yep. would this be a good machine oh. for somebody that wants to learn how to doze but doesn't want to need a dozer, and then put them in? They would be able to figure it out quicker I than somebody that was operator. To, I think if you learn how to doze on that thing, I, yeah. don't, I think you'd have to relearn to doze on Going that. Going back to dozer. Yeah. If you exactly. were coming in blind, I, that's exactly yeah. what I told Case. I was yeah. like, look. You're almost better taking someone who's never run a dozer and putting them yeah. in this machine yes. than taking a dozer that's, operator. That's where my brain was going, yeah. Now, with all that being said, there is some things I didn't really, like, I don't know what your thoughts were. I just soon have regular CTL joysticks in there. Oh, really? Uh, you didn't like, like their, their joystick configuration? Not, not after running it for a couple hundred hours. Gotcha. Um, and, you, and then, so one thing, if you're going to run that thing in CTL mode, all your auxiliary hydraulic buttons are up on the left uh, B post. Yep. Oh, I didn't think about that at the time. So yeah, they're not under those, controls. Yeah. So yeah. like my ruckus rake, or you're running a stump grinder, or you're running a, any detachment that requires your, uh, you know, your electric over hydraulic functions, you got to literally take your hand off the joystick and go up there and grab stuff. See, I we could we could figure that out. They had it for another like two years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but overall, you know, the thing I kept coming back to is I kept thinking about the guy that does like pole barns. Yes, that's exactly what we talked your, about. Yeah, you go in there, buzz your pad off, push in your driveway, <laughs> auger your holes, put a jib pole on it. It's a one-stop machine. Yes. Yeah, you can sit there on the shop, uh, sit there and do that. You know, I think it falls into some subdivision work. Uh, I think there's a place for it in some right-of-way work. Uh, you know, it's... Um, you know, one thing case pushes real hard is it's two machines in one, right? Which yep. it is, but it can't be on two different job sites at the same time. Correct. So it yep. still has limitations. Yep. So what Rick and I proposed to case was give us two of those machines. Let us get mulcher heads for them. We've got, we've got another industry contact. We could have gotten mulcher heads for them. Give us 
a smorgasbord of attachments and we're going to go we're going to go find a 30 to 50 acre subdivision development and we're going to go do that with those two machines doing the initial land clearing with tree shear mulcher you know stump right. grinders and then you go in and you start you know, you're going to have gps we, we we would have them outfitted with the leica system go right. in do all of your your initial balancing with them you could start cutting in roads and everything you'd have to bring in a hoe obviously for doing your pipe work but but just showcase the versatility. Yeah, the five fifty's got yeah. enough ass in it that you could be carting around storm pipe uh, and structures and the damn thing will push. I mean, I got a D four G cat and it'll push equivalent to it. Oh, yeah, I believe that, it all day that, long. Even with the just the rubber tracks, dude, that thing was pushing yeah. unbelievable. like you can't curl dirt with a CTL. No. That no. thing's curling dirt and I'm like this feels like a fucking bulldozer, yeah. man. Well, we were, we told him we were like, let us go, let us go spend six months with this machine and go develop a subdivision with two machines and then a hoe and a roller. And, and I don't even know that you would have needed the roller because we had we had a roller attachment. Mm -hmm. And so oh, you you run a bunch of case equipment, anyways, don't you? Yeah. So we got a TV four fifty, and then we've got a really good. I sold for the case dealership here locally for two and a half years. So yeah, we got a really good relationship with them. And so we're constantly renting their shit. And that's why it's all over our channel. Yeah. I actually truly enjoy the case equipment. It, it put out good equipment. I, I don't mind it. We had, uh, so they, they took back the DL 550 and they sent us the new 1650 with EH controls. Yep. And I really like that. That's baby. a nice uh, dozer. We love that 1650. You got the EH controls on yours or is it? Yep. And, and the only yeah. complaint I have with the 1650 so uh, all of the case dozers, the whole line, my only complaint is the cab noise. They have got to yeah. do better on the cab noise. Yeah. Well, the the cab, I like the simplicity of the cab. I'm all about the kiss method. Yep. But there's there's a few polished edges that can be polished a bit more. It, the biggest yeah. thing is, is literally the noise, though. It's it's not yeah. that we need more bells and whistles. It's literally well, insulated, a, so it's a, quiet. I run a I run a TL240 Takakuchi skid yep. steer. You oh, yeah. heard noise until you wrote them. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's true. That's true. Those are solid machines, though. I love those. Oh, they're good, they're God, good skids, they're, man. Yeah. But uh, then right now, currently, we have the 750 with the H controls in our possession. We still what? got it. That's fucking sexy. What? Yeah. One of the yeah. new ones with the H. Those, so those just came out, didn't they? Yeah. Well, let me rephrase that. I have the only one. I was about to say, I didn't even know that those were publicly <laughs> released yet. Well, no, those were well, coming to they, our, we're in them next weekend. Uh, they, they're, they're coming. They're, the reason I got it is they are available, but they're not on lots yet. So <laughs> I was talking to, I don't know how many people you know within the case world. Ron Miller was one of the key yep. guys. You know Ron? Oh, yeah. So I was talking with Ron back in the day, and I was bugging him. I'm like, dude, Ron. I love your dozers, but you have got to get with the rest of the industry and you've got to put yeah. EH controls. And he just kept smiling at me and he's like, just wait. I said, Ron, the industry doesn't wait. You got to. Okay, just wait. So they're finally, they're finally here. Yeah. Yep. That's they're awesome. Here. The, uh, the 750 and the 850 were the last two. Uh, from what I've been told, and, and don't quote me on this, the 650 is probably not going to get them just to keep costs down. Gotcha. That but, makes sense. Uh, That's kind of their their <clears throat> bread and butter cheap dozer. Yeah, I'll tell you what's impressive about this 750. It's a 105 horse and does not have death on it. Really? How did they get away yeah. with that? Probably engine design? Well, well, it's engine design, but it's got uh, DPF on it. Oh, but, it does uh, have a DPF? Want, it does have DPF, but it don't have death. 
they want to keep the cost down and they uh, i guess this is a popular rental yard dozer and it's one less fluid they got to carry yeah but uh, oh, i guess we are to a point i still I prefer because def. yeah i almost still prefer def but i'm also coming from you know we all grew up with dpf filters when they were first in their in their yeah, first yeah, iterations yeah. and caused a bunch of problems and i think i feel like for the most part the industry's gotten past that but i still default to i'd rather have an scr over dpf just because as long as you're you're meticulous about your your def fluid, you're not really going to have any issues. Versus that DPF, no, you're going to have some issues. And you run the piss out of them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're not that there to good. idle this shit. Yeah. You're there to work it. Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, I got. Uh, I guess we got way the hell off subject too. No, I dude. This is this, this is, is what, what the podcast is, Mike. We got no direction. <laughs> There's no it's, script. There's no nothing. This is bullshit tailgate talk. Is what this is. And I'm sitting yeah. in the background because I'm a uh, you know. I don't do this kind this of stuff. Is, what was that hand motion you had going there? I just jerk off. He was jerking it. I just built bathrooms and kitchens. I just beat off all day. <laughs> no, I mean, to your point, I was um, somewhat, I've, I've owned case equipment over the years, but you know, I, this, this is the first I've really been exposed to a lot of the new stuff and I was not disappointed. Dude, no. I will tell you, everyone in the industry shits on case and after selling it, because when you're selling it, I, dude... It was fascinating to me as an equipment salesman. I walk in there and you would expect all these guys to have some sort of industry experience out of our entire sales team. I was the only person in there that had ever run equipment. And I'm like, what? And so I went through our entire inventory. And if there was something sitting on the yard, I'd take it out back and I'd run the dog piss out of it to get a feel for it. And we got to know what you're selling. Absolutely. That's that's exactly what I kept thinking is how are you guys selling this shit when you don't even know how it runs? Like, how can you honestly... But you get hours in the seat, dude. I put them on par with the top two. That's it. The more I ran the shit, the more I was like... If you go back back and watch my 1650 review video, my exact words in that video is I would love to see this dozer painted a different color with a different name on it and see the sales versus here. 100%. It pushes, man. It's 100% on par with anybody out there. And I hate to say it, but its name is probably its biggest holdback. Yeah, so it is 100%. So that 1150, if you step down one size, the 1150 has the, I want to say, if I remember right, the 1150 has the same motor in it as a 1650, but it's a smaller footprint. And so in their whole lineup, that 1150 is the hardest pusher. Yeah, that's what I've uh, even heard than you guys. And of course, I got a low. I my case dealer here is pretty damn good too. That's what they were saying. Eleven fifty is hard to beat. Yeah, Who, who's your uh, case dealer down there? Uh, Diamond Equipment. Oh, that's right. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's way south. <laughs> he's way south. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I like about Diamond is they're still kind of a mom and pop shop. They they're they're family owned. They got about four stores. Yeah. And, uh, you can walk right in the owner's office and tell them whatever you want to tell that's, them. And, with the exception of a couple big ones, that's pretty much every case dealer out there, though. They're all yeah. still the mom and pop places. And that's and that's where case has to recognize their customer base is yep. their customer base is the owner operator. And, and at least at my dealership in particular, they kept trying to go after the big dogs that Kat and Komatsu are going after. And I'm like, guys. That's not what? our customer base. Our customer base well, is the owner so operator. It could be. We'll get we'll get way off on a damn business tangent here. Come you know, on right now. Here, <laughs> our, here, here, right here in our area, you got all the the big mining industry. So Volvo, Cat, and John Deere were all chasing this, and Komatsu were chasing this mining money. Yeah. Well, you know, these guys were a few guys making huge purchases, but the case dealer down the street, they had 50, 60 guys like me that owned nine, ten, fifteen pieces of equipment. Mm-hmm. 
Well, if one of those guys goes out of business, yeah, it's not great, but it don't really kill your bottom line. Well, hell, some of their dealerships are going belly up whenever the mining industry went out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I couldn't, I couldn't walk into one of those other dealerships and buy something if I tried. I get so damn pissed off. Yep. Oh, and the flip side was, is as the dealership, I kept. And so part of the reason I, I, I was booted from my dealership. I did not leave by choice, and part of it was because of the conversations I was having with upper management, and and a lot of it was they kept wanting me to go after these big customers, and I'm like, well, are you prepared to offer twenty four seven support? with diesel yep. tech no yeah these son of bitches go down uh, yeah i'm coming. like how am i supposed to go pursue that company if you're not willing to show up on a sunday right you got one on the lot yep. that's backup uh, yeah no. yeah we don't have any backups you're not willing to give them a free loaner <clears throat> you want to rent them a piece like how the fuck am i supposed to compete if you're not willing to step in like if we're gonna go there i'll go there with you but you've yeah, got to be willing to step up to the plate there's a lot more than just making this 100 they did the same thing with yep. machine control they got the leica system they were like, oh, we're going to start selling 3D GPS. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm excited. Who's your designated tech person for this? Crickets. Well, what do you mean? I said, <laughs> who's going to become an expert on this system? Because you're talking to mom and pop shops who've yep. never dealt with GPS. Who's going to go show them how to run this? Well, they just plug it in well, and play. Well, why do we need that? <laughs> I was like, right. The fact that you asked that question tells yep. me that we are not qualified to sell this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's like uh, Diamond Equipment. They got Chris Tanner's his name. That's all he does is, is guidance. Yeah, and, and you have to. It's yeah. and that's the struggle is is so much of case, uh, and the per perception of case is actually case holding themselves back because of the way that they initially position themselves. And I think they're trying to with a lot of their recent marketing things. I think they're trying to break out of that mold finally. But I well, also they are, but, you know. Uh, to go back to your point, and, and everybody's guilty of this, Case did have some years in there where the equipment wasn't to what it should have been. 100%. So they had, they had some dozer issues. They had skid steer issues with the yeah, Alpha what Series. The, uh, what was the, was it the late 80s? They had, they imported those uh, excavators from France or somewhere you couldn't even get parts for? Yes. Yeah. They, they've. They've shot themselves in the foot multiple times. But they've came back. They, and they have. haven't. But they haven't marketed, marketed to yeah. show the world that they well, that they've come so back. How long, have, how long have they been running Sumitomo or whatever you call them excavators? So Sumitomo, they've been doing those for a while. I so don't, I would say just in the last five or ten years, people are finally starting to realize they ate pieces of shit, though. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. You know, like it takes that long a time to. You know, it almost takes a whole generation to change the perception. You see what I'm saying? But I tell you, the part of that is again going back to there. There's it's interesting because the case mentality transfers down to the dealerships and it becomes the dealership mentality. They did not want to spend any money on marketing shit. So for me as a sales guy to get any sort of swag to hand out to my customers was like pulling teeth. And I'm going, guys, I got I've got Komatsu. I've got Cat. I've got Deer. They're literally throwing shit out the door of their truck as yeah. they drive by. And you're telling me that it's going to be stretching the budget to get 20 hats? Right. I mean, come on, guys. And and that was... So then I was like, fuck you guys. I'll go to Case. And so I started hitting on my Case rep. And I'm like, hey, let me get some shit to pass out to guys. Let me have some resources that I can tap can't, into. Could we spend it in GQ? Well, well, the dealership <laughs> has to do that. But, but uh, okay, what can you do at your level? Well, at this level, we got to worry about budgetary. And so I was like, guys, if you're not willing to go out there and tell yeah. the world that you've changed and tell the yeah. world that 
It's the same old thing. So the biggest thing you always run up against is that is that uh, can't afford something else. That's what K stands for, yeah. right? Yep. And I'm like, let's go address that and hit it head on. Lean into it instead mm-hmm. of like trying to shy away and pretend it's not out there. Poke lean fun into and it. Make it right. Yeah. Like you could really have some fun with that yeah. and then show your machines beating the shit out of some cat and yep. Komatsu machines because they will go yeah. show that. And I couldn't ever get anyone to bite on it. No, I, I can't, uh, <clears throat> I can't disagree with everything you said I, or anything you said to be honest with you. And I'm, I mean, I think in the short time I've been working with cases, which is a little over a year now, of course, you know, we've showcased three different pieces of equipment. I think they've already seen the traffic we've been driving over there. People showing interest in it because it's on a real life job site. And I'm a real life contractor using it. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. And, and you're yeah, giving so, real honest feedback. So, and that's and, what right. people that are buying equipment are looking for. So they don't they, want a dealership telling them they want right. Mike telling them. And I they, get dealers from all over the damn country that email me saying it's the best sales tool ever because somebody will come in there asking about a DL550 in this scenario, and they'll just send them a link to a video. Yeah, yeah. I get that all the time. Can we use your video to, to show our customers? Yeah, by all yeah. means. That's yeah. what it was for. And, uh, and you know, it's and I get messages from dealers <clears throat> all over. You know, switching subjects on you guys here. Have you run much Hyundai equipment? No, have we, haven't, we haven't run much Hyundai equipment at all. That's the one that's really impressed the hell out of me. I, I walked into the Hyundai booth as a joke and uh, left there impressed. And really, a, a long hell, they're my longest running relationship I got, man. They've just been phenomenal to work with. You know, surprising too is uh, Saney coming out of nowhere. I know they're big yeah. across oh. seas and everything else, but it's the it's a vibe on the street. Like when you go talk to the cat uh, salesman and just some of the context we have a cat and they're like you know you look at the price point that saney's selling their equipment for it's almost a third cheaper the warranties are five years like i don't know ten thousand hours or something crazy you know what you know what the trick to their warranty is though don't you no so if you read a saney purchase agreement yeah once that once that piece of equipment goes through auction the warranty is void Really? So you so they once you off it, the, they send them out to a lot of these dealers for their rental fleet. And they'll use them for 100, 200 hours. They'll go sell it at auction, and guess what? No warranty. That's ah, that makes sense. Up. That's just yep. that's just capitalism, dude. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> not reading the fine print. You know, one thing you got to keep in mind about Hyundai because I just assumed it was a low off-brand <laughs> excavator itself, right? Hyundai actually manufactures their own excavator. They make all their own parts, and they're made in South Korea, pretty much right across the street from Volvo. Yeah, um, they're they're legit. Um, Hyundai is yeah. So I I actually interviewed one of them on the dirt, and I was in the same boat you were. It's like, oh, you guys are way more legit than I thought. Like, yeah, that's, that's the, the same impression. I mean, I, like I said, I had no interest in the machine at all. I was just going to go in there, film some content and try to have some fun and end up running the excavator to, you know, playing a little game there. And I'm like, well, son of a bitch. And then, um, had a few sponsorship deals with them that went well and hell, I ended up buying one two years ago. Now I got that Hyundai 210, got about a thousand hours on it, man. That thing has been rock solid. Really? You liking it, huh? I, I love it. Is it operator comfy? It's, I uh, mean, I ran all day with the heated seat on. No shit. 
Man, we are getting spoiled as operators, aren't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went and well, did... The thing is, is, you know, it's a 210, so it's a 200-class machine. Yep. It's got the, uh, what is it, the 4.3 liter. It's a, the little 4-liter Cummins or 4-cylinder Cummins. Yep, yeah. Um, I can run the I can run the absolute dog shit out of this thing. And if I can burn three gallon of fuel an hour, I'm really doing something. Dude, it is incredible. The so one of the things that I do is I host the dirt for Randall Riley, and that's been a really cool experience because I get to go around to all the OEMs and and demo brand spanking new equipment. And one of the things that has stuck out to me is our industry. I've said it several times on my platform. We're we're kind of in in my mind. We're going from cable driven machines to hydraulic machines. We're in that same sort of evolution in the industry with the technology that's coming down the line because you're starting to get all of the technology with machine control you've got e-fences and all of this stuff but then the other thing like you just said you talk about engine efficiency we are burning nothing in fuel compared to what the old school machines were wait wait till they figure out this electric dude how strong yeah. and how fast electric. I'm not saying 100%. The actual, oh yeah. I'm not saying the full blown yeah. running electric machine, but like when you start looking at the diesel that's running, it's a you're hybrid about electric breakout force. When yeah. you're using worm gears, so has the government put like a timeline on when you got to change from uh, diesel it, it, iron it runs, to electric and iron. It runs with this tether. Not yet. It runs <laughs> with a tether. Not not yet. By 2030, um, you got to change your YouTube station to electric and iron. Not yet. So that's been so that actually <laughs> I'll answer that. But then I that leads me into a question for Mike. So so not yet is the official answer. Right. But that being said, it's really interesting because everyone sees the writing on the wall, and and one of the unique perspectives that the dirt has given you already me. You bought the domain, didn't you? One hundred percent. All right. E-equipment.com. <laughs> so, but no, it's one of the, the cool things about the dirt is I'm talking to oil vendors. I'm talking to OEMs. I'm talking to attachment manufacturers and every, you know, those guys, we think in today terms, they're thinking in five to 10 years from now terms. Yeah. yeah. And what, what, what they're using today, they done figured out, like you said, five years prior. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, it's I've just talked like to the computers and shit. I've, like I've talked to several vendors that there's autonomous machines running around on job sites all over the place yep. right now as they're doing yep. testing. Like they're, they're mm, ahead of us. They're many years ahead of us. They took our jobs. In fact, Ron, to, to reference back to Ron Miller, Mike, uh, I had a conversation with Ron that he said the technology for autonomous dozers is already here and, and they've, yep. they've had it. The problem is the industry's not ready for it. Yep. So just to give people a little window into what's out there, but it's been really fascinating to get the OEM's perspective because they are, when it comes to electrification, to us in the industry, it feels like this huge shock that all of a sudden all the OEMs are talking about electric equipment. But on the OEM side, they're all going, it is a matter of time before the government comes in with stage, you know, tier five emissions. And now you're getting down to levels of emissions that you cannot physically achieve with diesel powered equipment. Yep. Right. And so they're having to start going this direction. Phase it out. And so if we get a leap in battery technology, I- I'm with you, Rick. I think we're going to start seeing electric machines become very viable. And now you're talking about machines that have breakout forces oh, yeah. that don't even compare to what we well, have to when you, today. When you, electric, electric, electric machines have two very large hurdles. 
the charging run time and price (laughs) yes 100 and and like i said if battery technology if we get a and and i predict we will here in the next two to five years get a huge leap forward in battery technology but but until that happens it's not viable that's the liberal and that's the lightning liberal no it's really what it is is (laughs) that is where the entire industry is putting their focus and and when humans decide they're going to go find the answer to something they go find the answer it's like the bobcat guys that have done the study now electric's not going to fix everything Mm -hmm. right it has its purpose but when they start doing their studies and they start talking about the skid steer wheel loader that's on the job and really out of a 10 hour day of it idling you're running about three and a half hours it's only work three and a half hours of actual legit runtime you know so you start looking at well it's just sitting there but it's not running now it's not going to replace a full-blown excavator doing mainline right now because you just can't compare with that right or a d9 shoving coal it's just not going to happen in certain aspects right away Everything's got its place in its application, and that's Correct. what you have to apply to what's going on right now today. But could you imagine? So, so a beautiful. I'll bring it up again as the lightning liberal for Jerry Dunn out there. As the <laughs> lightning liberal, um, Mike, my dad bought one of the new F one fifty lightnings, and that is why I I have somehow come to be the lightning liberal man on this show. And I always push the liberal agenda because that's who I am. <laughs> Not only is it electric, it's a Ford. It is. I'm, I got two things. First working on race me. day. And yet, and yet that <laughs> truck continues to impress the hell out of me. But one of the things uh, that really impresses the hell out of you, have you driven one yet, Mike? I have not been in the Ford Lightning yet. Dude, I have not. It's, that it's sucker, legit. when you push that pedal to the floor, there is no disputing yeah. that fucker shits and gets. Yeah. And, and no, to, I, I can't argue that fact, but how, how long? So surprisingly long for that truck. It's actually, it's shocked the hell out of me out of how well it has performed. But where I go with that is to think about a truck having that sort of performance as just an everyday truck. You never would have thought about that with a gas powered engine. And the same thing's going to happen on the dirt side when we finally have this leap in battery technology and the OEMs are able to start really delving into electric equipment. One of the things that, that is going to just stand out immediately is the forces that these machines are able to generate because we're no longer reliant upon hydraulics. You're using worm gears to drive right. shit with electric motors behind them. You're talking two to three times the breakout force as long your limiter is the bucket itself. Right, or the weight. Yeah, or the, or the, yeah, the weight or the yeah. arm. It's, it's not what the motor is capable of. And then the other thing that's been really interesting, and I was talking with Bobcat, is they they're able to unlock features on the machines that have never been available before. So the skid steer guys were telling me this electric skid steer, you've got a button where you can do a bucket shake, but it's not like a bucket shake when you're wobbling the joystick and you're slapping the shit out of your bucket pins. Front end of it. That's right. You vibrate the fuck. No, what it is is because it's all worm gears and everything, you're not slapping and deadening a cylinder in order to get that bucket shake. It's the, the machine is capable of doing that and it's not harmful. Right. And so there's all sorts of things you can start doing. The fact that we've already gone to EH controls with all the new cap machines, you can now get into them and totally customize all of your buttons. You're no longer, this button has to be your auxiliaries. This button has to be your horn. Dude, I can put that horn wherever I want. I can put the air conditioner wherever I want. 
right under your like, ass. Cheek. That's the sort of shit that you start getting into with these electric <laughs> machines that the industry hasn't even started to think about well, because we're all knee jerky. And right once now. they start coming out and they start actually showing how efficient they can be down the road, the <clears> price <throat> point won't reflect it right away, but it will have to come down. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But so once you spent the last twenty minutes trying to explain it, as you see the potential. <laughs> oh, the one hundred percent. The potential is there, and it's it's like any new technology. It's going to start out. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Fuck, I'll give you a great example. Think about HD TVs when those Yo, fuckers came out. They were six thousand six to seven thousand dollars for a TV. Yeah, but I just I just got an eighty six inch for freaking what. 800 bucks? Yeah. Dude, you can go to Walmart right now and buy a, a 60 inch or 70 inch. I can't get out of my bathroom now because it was too big and overhang, to overhang. So I had to put bucks. it on a swivel fucking arm so I can get in and out of my bathroom because yeah, it, it overhangs my it bathroom. It doesn't door. cost shit now. And it's going to be the same way with this. It's a brand new technology. It's really expensive. It's not feasible right now. Give it another five years. That shit's coming way down. And especially when we get that leap in battery technology, now all of a sudden we go, oh, Oh, you can get a 10 hour, 10 straight hours of runtime. It's just going to be like Alaska when everybody plugs in to charge up for the night. It's just going to go black. That's true. Pucky, that you won't true. be able to use your TV or nothing. No sun or light for days. <laughs> you know, you said something earlier that the, you know, right, right now you feel like we're going from cable machines to hydraulic machines. This reminds me a lot, you know, when I worked in a dealership back in the late 90s, early 2000s, whenever electronically controlled engines come into semi-trucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Yep. And, and all the new changes with cruise control and driver settings and, you know, all this stuff that become available and the leap in efficiency you took, you know, it's it's like it was a whole trucking become a whole new world there in the other 2000s. Yes. Yep. And it was really good for a few years until we started putting emission garbage on them, but it's i feel like we're in you know the, the construction industry is always a little behind the the trucking industry and the trucking industry is always a little behind the car industry yeah yep. construction industry but, is always the dinosaurs dude, we're 20 just, years behind the rest of the world the yep. dirt industry we're just we're still operating off of 80s technology yeah but uh, shit's not <laughs> broke don't fix it <laughs> hey man i'm happy i'm making it yeah, exactly all right so i got a question for you mike so right. we just went way off on a tangent. Let's bring her back I'm, to. I'm gonna blame that one on you and your damn lightning bolts. No, I'm all about <laughs> yeah, it. I'm yeah. all about it. This is this is part of the ride. This is part of the fun. But no, coming back to it. Uh, now that you've had the YouTube channel for what since 2018, five, five six years. And a half. I, I, I just started my sixth year, so basically five years I've been doing it. Okay, so for, so after five years, what has been the worst? aspect of having the youtube channel but what has also been one of the unexpected awesome aspects of having a YouTube are you trying channel? to give yourself hope brian no i just <laughs> so i've got my own version of these and i'm curious what his are so uh, hands down the most unexpected uh best aspect of youtube was the people i've met yeah. getting, getting uh, dick pics every day <laughs> <laughs> YouTube does an awesome job of, of aligning like-minded people because they know <laughs> your habits. Yeah. And some of my best friends here in the last four or five years, I'm not talking about like sponsorship relations. I'm just talking about <sighs> individuals that have come through yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Just, I didn't see that coming. You know, I don't, as far as the worst aspect of it, 
Oh, man, it's hard. You can't for me probably to go out to dinner anymore, like without being like, "Oh my god, can I get a picture with you?" you, you know, know. It, the problem is those panties that fly up on the table ruin yeah, every the wife, good steak. The wife gets really uh, angry. I always <laughs> tell, uh, of course, my my kids don't think I'm famous, and they laugh at me. And here locally, nobody gives two shits who I am. Yeah, right? yeah. But you, you travel out very much, and it's not. I mean, I'm I'm no damn celebrity, but people recognize you from time to time. Yeah. You get the random person comment that's, uh, you know, a girl or something. And well, you're like that baseball, you know, guru yeah. that fucking, hey, don't sit there. Like, you I will say, the way. isn't that weird the first time it happens? I, I still remember to this day the very first time I got recognized. Like, that's just weird. It's a, it <laughs> is a weird feeling it and now and now that i've done this like what did years, i do stupid at well, a no, drunken party one night up to you. Done this for years i'll walk into a place and i can look around the room and i can tell you exactly who recognizes me and who don't yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like you can just see, see the look but my wife always gives me a hard time she's like you think you're all big and famous she's like only like four percent of your audience is women i said you realize what four percent of two hundred thousand is it's a lot of fucking women it's a lot of women that's not a small number i'll take my odds with that four yeah. percent yeah uh plenty of fish looking out, good dude it's it's weird the first time because you that was one aspect that i didn't really think through but someone walks over to you that you've never met before. Act like they just and just you. starts talking to you like they've known you your whole life. Yep. It's weird. You're like, dude, whoa. But then you're like, oh, this is the situation I've created for myself. I have to be open to this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's weird. And you know, I truly appreciate everybody uh, watches and supports the channel. And I've, you know, and some people they do put you up on a pedestal and, and think you're a legit TV celebrity or something. And mm-hmm. I try, you know, and some of these guys think I, you know, I got this big ass camera crew that follows me around. It's me and a GoPro eight. You know, that's the extent of my filming. Dang, you're a generation uh, ahead. I'm on the seven still. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried the tens, but it may not just, I need simple the GoPro eight. Well, we're going to get off on another tangent. Dude, the seven, Dude, you I, can I replace have the, the original lens. GoPro that I still use. The, the only but, reason yeah. I stick with the GoPro seven one. is if the lens gets scratched, you can still yeah. replace the lens without That's an replaceable camera. I tell you what I like about the GoPro 8, though, with the media mod, you can get decent audio without an external mic on a job site. Ooh, all right. See, I've switched to all lav mics because the equipment's so loud, that lav mic kills, all, right, kills all that extra. All right, I got a damn job, dude. I ain't got time for that shit. Oh, come on now. You get the... Uh, you know what? We can get into the nerdism after the show, but dude, I got a Zoom laugh mic. It's one button. He uses in the bathroom typically. Yeah, oh, had, but you got to remember if you turn them both on. I've had DJI. So the problem is, I involve a lot of other people in my videos. The <clears throat> customer, the truck driver, my coworkers, this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. If we all don't have equal audio, That's true. it doesn't sync. Yeah, isn't it, it incredible? How you go from being a dumb dirt guy to all of a sudden you're worried about audio and lighting. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've ever since I've went to the GoPro 8 with the media mod, I get maybe one audio complaint a month out of probably 15,000 comments. Wow. And I'm like, you know what? Good enough. Dude, I tell you my six. You know, you know, what, my, you know what my response is whenever they comment your audio sucks? What's that? It must be your end. Check your connection. <laughs> <laughs> true. Spoken like a true IT guy. So, <laughs> what is your most popular commented on video is it a positive video or, or is it a negative video oh uh, no it's um uh, you know you're talking about so to answer your previous question what's the <laughs> negative side of uh youtube yes 
and I guess it's playing the game. Yeah. Like I want to be a hundred percent open and honest and really speak what I say, but you got to somewhat play the game with politics and religion and guns. And yes, you can, you can do like, I don't hold anything back, but some places are going to be a little bit more reserved than others. I yep. wish, I wish I didn't have to play the game like that. Yeah. Um, so that's probably my biggest drawback is just, I feel like you've got to be on your best behavior sometimes and you yeah. just want to cut loose. And that gets boring and sometimes. Then, you know, then the other drawback is, is I've had to call the cops on two or three people have showed up in the house and just stalked me out in the driveway. No what? shit. Yeah. So I haven't had not, that yet. Yeah. <laughs> now were these women. Is, <laughs> my, was that no, your 4%? They were, they were not. <laughs> <laughs> Me and the local sheriff are really good friends, and I call him. He's like, again? <laughs> <laughs> so what do they do? Show up expecting to come in for dinner? Well, so uh, to give you a little bit of a rundown here, I live about six miles or about three miles from my where I store all my equipment. Well, that's a public location because we, we own a gas station and a convenience store right there. Okay. So I use that as my address publicly. Ah. Um, and then I live three miles up in the hill from there. And whenever I go from one location to the other, there's always one section of road I never film, so nobody can track me to my house. Dude, after this one drops, you know how many fucking crazies are gonna? Yeah, know, we got we we three miles the up a hill. Where's a hill? There's yeah. a hill. Let's go three miles this <laughs> oh, way from this. Well, you get the, you get the people that send you satellite images of your house. That they usually show up down at the market. We call it the Derby Market. They usually show up down at the market first, looking for me. <laughs> if, if if they're concerned about you know something, they'll give me a heads up, and then they'll. They'll show up at the house and basically just sit here in the driveway until I come out and greet them. Or, and I usually, I usually try to wait them out because like, I don't want to give them the satisfaction and let yeah. them think it's okay to do that. Yeah. No. Yep. And uh, if they don't leave after about 10 or 15 minutes, I just call well, the he, he goes out in his skimpies. Get the fuck out of here. Mike's got to call his meeting oh, off no, for an wait hour. A minute. Wait a minute. That's a blonde. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's hey, okay. Honey, we got a guest. <laughs> <laughs> dinner so, so a lot of these people are 100% harmless but yeah. you never you, you never, never know. know that's the problem that's that's probably being on your best behavior and then dealing with the the extreme people is probably the two yeah. the two negative yeah dude i've got a video <laughs> it's, it's so we laugh about it all the time i've got a video that i took where i was i was running a buddy's excavator and he had a quick coupler on it and that it was one of the old style cat quick couplers. So, so it yeah. took like 20% of your bucket out of play. And so you'd uncurl the bucket and you think every time, every freaking time you clang. And I had only been running this machine for maybe 10 minutes when I decided to put together this video on excavator tips and tricks. So I do this whole video and, and legit. Oh, yeah, the, the, the how to ones are where you get all the. Oh, all absolutely. The- and legit. This is. I have tenfold the amount of positive comments that I get over the negative ones, but this yeah. is, this is the video because I claim that bucket every freaking time, <laughs> dude, the industry latches on. And it's also funny too, because YouTube for people who are not content creators, YouTube is cyclical. Like when everyone's out in the field in the summer, everything simmers down on YouTube. And then yep. when everyone's starting to sit at home in the winter, everything ticks back up. Oh yeah. And this this one video, uh, wanna be operators come out. This one video every winter, it just skyrockets with all these guys. You banging that bucket like an idiot. 
oh, you you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You're banging that bucket. And I'm like, dude, scroll down to the 20,000 comments I have answered as to why this was happening. <laughs> and you can have, well, how am I supposed to take any advice from someone who doesn't know how to operate a machine? <laughs> and what, well, I st- what I started doing is leaning into it. And now I now I get all in their business because they'll come back and comment like two or three times. And I'm like, dude, you're helping me take your oh, hearing yeah. aids yeah. out. YouTube thinks that this video is so good. You've come back five times. <laughs> uh, yep. So it, that's one thing I, I, to give you a similar story. Whenever I first started, I had an old John Deere 120 and had one of the uh, old uh, JB couplers on it, which wasn't oh, yeah. like crap. Well, like what you're talking about, the bucket had all kinds of slop in it. Yep. <laughs> Hell, I didn't care two shits, you know, it helped me grade. Yeah. And uh, follow the course, contours a, the com- a little bit. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of the comments was like that, which what I realized was is that's a comment generator. So oh, yeah. Me and, crew, me and my crew to this day, we know, like, if you put a camera underneath a truck, you're going to have 10,000 comments about what's, what, what's wrong with your truck. <laughs> so, <laughs> So here's what we do. Like, if you see my 850 John Deere dozer, it's got a spoon hanging from the exhaust stack. That thing's worth $500 a video in comments. No shit. Oh, hell yeah. People comment. You look at one of the videos, it's got the dozer in half the damn comments. Why is the spoon on the exhaust? You know what my, you know what my response is? Plan worked perfectly. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. I was eating on my so, lunch. <laughs> so. I put I put the uh, I put the camera underneath the hull truck. So I got a quart of oil out of the truck. I poured it on top of the hog head. Went back <laughs> up the hill. Two thirds comments. Your truck's leaking oil. You need to look into that. <laughs> perfectly appreciate it. Uh, oh my so that's God. where putting brake, my wife and brake I on, putting brake calipers on the other day on the on the truck, and I purposely put one of the pistons in backwards. Oh, nice. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna notice this oh yeah 100 percent. you need to take that back apart and put the piston in the other way i'm like gotcha <laughs> my wife and i've talked about it i'm that's like fucking I'm, flawless i want to awesome. go make an excavator tips and tricks video that's all, all shit garbage tips and tricks because it's gonna it just people oh, get frothy at the mouth they're so it. pissed off you gotta you gotta turn your you know notifications off that day no i love it because again <laughs> bing, I, bing, now bing, I've, bing, bing. you recognize it first you're just like god damn it people you're missing the entire point and then it's then a switch clicks and you're like oh fuck this is why this is my most profitable video on the channel yep. is because these guys are so mad they're coming back five times and YouTube so is going, favorite, you're doing great. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite response to a stupid comment is you must not, you must have not have watched the video. Try again. And then about <laughs> two weeks later, you get another comment. I watched the all the way through and didn't see anything. Thank you. Uh, yes. <laughs> so good. The other big one is I've had so many people on that call me a bucket banger. And I was like, it's not my fault, but your mom was made buck. You're. God damn it, I screwed up. It's not my fault your mom was named Bucket. <laughs> You're better at typing than you are speaking. Right? That's exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm so witty in the We're comments. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, uh, I, I got some YouTube friends, man, and they just really get bent out of shape about the negative comments. My theory is simple. You show them 10 or 15 minutes of probably a 72-hour job. Yes. There is no way they got enough of an opinion out of that little bitch you showed them to have an educated opinion about who you are or what you're doing. Well, that's the other thing, too. I've got over 200 videos out there, and you've picked this video to to distill my operating skills down to, even though there's 
a hundred plus videos that are showing that I'm actually a really decent operator, but you've decided this is it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I I mean, every once in a great while, I'll get one that kind of gets underneath my, uh, my skin just a little bit But man. It, you just have to catch me in the right mood. Yeah. I, most yeah. of the time it's just, it is 100% pure entertainment for me 100 uh, no, yeah. you guys are on youtube like my only fans it's it's outrageous what they put in my comments god damn that's the tiniest what's, dick i ever seen yeah. say, what's, what's the top comment where's it at <laughs> <laughs> actually the top comment is about him being a bottom yeah <laughs> uh, the taker position i was gonna huh? go I was going to go five minutes in, still can't tell if it's a man or a woman. <laughs> yeah, we call that a shim. <laughs> so, it sounds like a man, but it looks like a woman. I'm yeah, so we, fucking we're confused sure. right now. <laughs> so what dirt projects are you still getting into, Mike? We are, uh, we're kind of, we're kind of wrapping down. We don't necessarily get froze out or mudded out in the, in the winter time, but we like working in the shop. I love piddling in the shop. So we're actually building a road up a, a rock cliff right now uh something we can kind of do we got a few other little small jobs but we're hoping here after the first of the year i got some traveling coming up and then uh we usually lay pretty low in the shop till about the uh mid-march first of april and then we we do a bunch of work for the farmers in the spring so we'll hit that pretty hard and then we kind of roll into our spring our pond and lake work and then then you you get a tidy up list at the end of the year you know catching everything but so i don't know I don't know if you remember you, you what brought this to my my memory was the fact that you were talking about getting froze out. I don't know if you remember, but about three years ago, I contacted you to see if you needed any help on a job because I was down in the Louisville area. Do you remember that at all? Well, I remember a bunch of people contacting me. I don't know if I remember. Yeah, I bet, yeah I'm sure I was probably one of a hundred. So I, I was. You should have just stood at his gate, dude. One of my yeah. one of my lifelong I goals. Without clothes on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. When you called the cops on that guy without pants, yeah, you, oh. you remember that? <laughs> no, he did say he was from Michigan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he rolled the zipper all the way down. So I came yeah. down. It was that year that that we had that big freeze that moved through, and it and it froze and it frosted everything in your area out for like four days yep. so yeah so i was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so i can't I, what had happened i have a lifelong dream i love track loaders full-size track loaders and i had I a guy on so youtube far. contact me and he was like dude you can come down and run ours so I, like i'd be happy to i'm like fuck yeah here's my finally i get an opportunity to come down and run a track loader he's like yeah give me a shout let me know when you're coming in town so i booked travel arrangements i got an airbnb I got my folks decided they were going to meet us. They were, they're from Texas. They were going to meet us in Louisville, hang out with my family while I went and worked for a couple of days with this guy. So who was the guy? I'm only like 45 minutes from Louisville. What's that? I said, who was the guy? Dude, I don't even remember. It's been so long. I can't even tell yeah. you who it was. And so we get out like three days from the trip and I start trying to get a hold of this guy and he won't answer his phone. He won't respond to emails. He won't respond to texts, anything. He totally ghosts me. And I'm like, well, fuck we're committed i've already booked the airbnb my parents have already booked plane tickets like we're going and so that's why that's why i reached out to you i'm like scrambling and i noticed you were close to louisville i'm like well maybe we can put something together dude that was a fucking waste of a trip we get down there 
there's jack shit going on because that's when the whole fucking that Town section froze. of the United States froze <laughs> yeah. solid. And so everything shut down. They're not prepared for snow removal. So I can't go film snow removal. I'm like, you know well, what? I'll uh, film. Well, go ahead. I do kind of remember this now because that's when we were in the shop working on the Lieutenant Dan project. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, and yeah. that was right when I was down there. So I decide I'm going to get the downtown area at least because you guys got snow. I'll get the downtown area them doing snow removal. So one yep. night I go out of our Airbnb. I've got my fucking, you know, I got like $3,800 worth of camera equipment that I walk out of this place, this Airbnb in downtown Louisville <laughs> with. And there's two cop cars at each end of our road. And I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? Lights flashing and everything. I'm like, what's going on? So I walk over to one of the cops. I'm like, hey, what's going on here? He's like, oh, there was just a drive by. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so I should go inside. And he's like, well, I think it would be safer if you were inside. And I'm like, well, God damn it. So any attempt I did on that trip to get anything out of it, it just it was, was like, met with utter failure. Well, at least you got the full Louisville experience because that's pretty much how it goes every time up there. Dude, it was, I had no idea Louisville was that rough it's until bad. I stepped out and there was a drive by and I'm like, oh, we need to pay attention to what we're doing <laughs> you here. You Louisville slugger <laughs> with you. Dude, that was, it was a, it, it ended yeah, up being a great say, trip. I'm, but, uh, I'm, I'm right at an hour from downtown Louisville. I'm not too far away. I'm, I'm just due west. That's why I reached out, dude. It was a, it was an act of desperation. I was like, I drove six and a half hours to get my ass down here. We've got Airbnb money invested. We've got plane tickets invested. Here's the real question is, did I get back to you? You did. And you were like, I'm really busy. And now, now hearing that you were just <laughs> fucking around in the shop, I'm taking it personally. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he thought you were just hey, one of those random fucking that I actually responded. That's that's, uh, you know what? That's I would, but this was three years ago when you were at fifty thousand subscribers. Oh, yeah. So well, I'm still funny. Yeah, you're still a dick. Yeah, yeah. He's still busy. <laughs> we just had this conversation about how I tried really hard not to change. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Always been a dick, gonna stay a dick. Yeah, I mean if it's working, why change it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Consistency's key, baby. Consistency's key. So what well, are your... one, of these days, one of these days we will have to catch up. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. At some point oh, I'm gonna make my way down there. Con Expo or one of these uh we'll we'll, we'll catch up somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's the cool thing about stepping into the YouTube world within the excavating industry is you start to understand really quick this is not a big world. Like there's, no, it, there's probably, I don't know, 50 YouTubers that are really hitting it hard. And for the most part, it's a pretty tight community. You think there's even that many? I, I, 51. There's I'm a lot starting of, one there, yeah, that's right. Tot starting one. No, I would say, I don't know. You got a lot of little guys and then you got a handful of big guys. Yeah. I mean, who are you calling your big guys? So you, <laughs> Chris, Taylor White, um, You've you got put Taylor White on that list. Taylor, dude, Taylor White's. Where's he at now on subscribers? I haven't even looked recently. He's he's, he's 70, 80, somewhere in there. Yeah, so he's he's starting to climb pretty quick. I do feel like with YouTube, you kind of hit that like fifty to seventy thousand <laughs> mark, and then YouTube's like, That's, oh, we should boost you some more. I guess my I guess I've, Taylor's got a hold of me a few times about being on his podcast, and I've offered to do it. We just haven't got together on timing, but he's a good dude. 
He is a he's good a dude. Good, he's a good dude. His content's just not my flavor. You know, he, talking about comments, I always get a comment like every day of like, that's not who, that's not how Chris would do it. That's not how Let's Dig would do it. <laughs> my, my favorite, I always respond the same way. Who's that? Never heard of him. <laughs> oh, God. You know, that so, gets them all frothy. <laughs> so good. Chris will, Chris will text me. He's like, dude, quit it because they come to my channel with this big old like ad story. I don't know who they are. <laughs> I think another one in your guys' group like, is man, it's cheap, enter- it's cheap entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'd say another key member is uh, Aaron Witt. So Aaron Witt, yeah. uh, dude, Aaron's in a category of his own douchebag. Well, but so Aaron is. Um, I know Aaron pretty well. I don't. I mean, he's in the industry, but he is not an excavator. No, and that's that's my one problem with him is that is that's not what he portrays a, a online. Yeah. You know, so where are you going to put Andrew? Is he in our category? Dude, Andrew Andrew is is one of those dumpster fires that you're watching and you're like I I'm happy I'm here. Like I'm no, I've spent, I'm I've spent quite a bit of time with Andrew in person. Yep. And he's um uh, he's way smarter than what you give him credit for, but that is in the same breath sometimes what works for him is he just don't know any better. Dude, that's I watched one video of him. The the where I go with him, I kind of get that same the same impression. Like there are so many things I've watched him do where I'm like, fuck, dude, this guy is is yeah. genius at at the way he almost comes at it like an engineer. Like the simplicity that he uses to solve a problem. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like, never would have thought of that. Straight up common sense, a lot of times. Yeah, it is. I, like I never would have thought about. I would have. I would have solved that in in a in a process that is three times more complex than what he just did. But the flip side of that is, I also watch him get his truck in gear and drive itself while he's trying to pull it out with a dozer <laughs> with no one in the truck, and I'm just like, sweet but, Jesus, man. But- but <laughs> you keep watching because you have no idea what's going on. Well, one hundred percent. If he's well, going under the truck, factor. we gotta watch. Yeah. But you know, yeah. he didn't because the video got posted. So how did it end? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I guess where I was kind of going with this is, you know, our space on YouTube, I think, is kind of unique. Uh, and I say that is because you got farm channels out the ass, right? Yep. Why do you, Why do you have farm channels out the ass? Because you it's got third, fourth, unique. and fifth generation. You got third, fourth, and fifth generation farmers that walk into multi-million dollar operations that mm-hmm. can film with their cell phone. Yeah. Yep. So they got they got a lot of content. They got a lot of equipment, and there's a lot of them out there feasible to do it. So and there's there's you got your big channels, but there's a lot of other channels that go along with them. You look at the landscaping world on YouTube or the lawn care world. Uh, the entry price to become into lawn care is what twenty thousand dollars lawnmower yeah. trailer truck and yeah. yard. Yep iPhone. Fuck, so, I started mine for $15 and a push mower. That's well, great. so then you got, you know, it's the same way. You got your yeah. lawn, you got your lawn care, you got your big lawn care channels, but then you got thousands of the small ones and uh, the subcompact tractor industry is kind of the same, you know, tractor time with Tim fights that a little bit. I think what becomes a little bit unique for us is, you know, if you're going to play in our sandbox, you damn near need a million dollars worth of equipment. That's it. And then you got to have time to film it, or you have to work for somebody that's willing to let you film it. Yep. And that weeds out a lot of people right off the bat. It does. Uh, And so the space that we're in don't get quite as crowded. Um, I would, you know, Chris is obviously the big guy. 
uh, just because he's the OG. He's been doing it forever, and he does a good job. I'm not going to knock Chris at all. I'm, he's he's his persistence has paid off. Mm-hmm. Dude, that um, guy blows my mind. He he puts very little time into editing. He literally just posts an hour of what? his day, and it has yeah, just exploded. You ought to film. You ought to film with him. It's a totally different style. Of course, Chris is a good friend, as you obviously know. Yep. But, yep. Um, but then you got you know the guy that blows my mind is Matt at Diesel Creek. Yeah. You know Matt's just Matt. He does his thing. YouTube loves him, and and he care he carries on. But you know, in our world, you know, I don't really put Aaron Witt, Witt in with us because no. he don't actually do any work. Yep. Um, I was just talking. He's a an joke industry in there. commentator. He's an industry commentator, and I'm and I'm I I agree with what he's doing is bringing uh, exposure to the trade. One hundred percent. I I'm a hundred percent on board with him of that. But you know, you got Chris and I, and then you got a whole bunch of the guys like Dirt Boss or Digging Life Twenty One or yep. you got you know, that all kind of hang around that twenty to sixty thousand subscribers. But uh, you got you can't look at subscribers. You got to go back and look at the views. You know. Yeah. Yep. And and rates and I some days I wish there was almost more of us and then some days maybe I'm thankful there's not I don't know what yeah. the answer is yeah it's definitely a unique space you know like logger Wade the logging industry is so small and so controversial that that really hurts him yeah yeah because he's yeah. raping and pillaging the earth yeah well and, you know, uh, <laughs> Steve Goodson swamp loggers he's become a pretty good friend you know he's kind of ran into the same thing on YouTube with the logging industry mm-hmm. really. Uh, you know, they had quite a bit of success with the Swamp Loggers TV show. And then, you know, YouTube's just, it, it's a weird, weird spot. So I don't know, man. I, like I said, I just try to, the kiss method, keep it simple, stupid, bring you guys to work with us, hang out, have a good time. Exactly. Yeah, that's, guys. that's what it's all about. Um, Are they still filming the X-Men? No, no they, um, Wade signed a five-year contract, which I think expired this year. And they only they only took the first year option. Wonder really? why? They tried to re. You see that Gabe Gabe Rygar got killed, and they tried to kind of repurpose, redirect the show, and take some of the drama out of it. Make yeah, it, a little more it makes it hard. And they almost went too far. Oh really? Yeah, uh, they just didn't get the ratings uh, they were hoping for. The the Axeman Reborn, I think, is what it was called. Uh, but you know what? I've got to know a few of the Gold Rush guys. I know Bobby Goodson. I know Logger Wade. I've had many of opportunities to do TV. I yeah. make way more money, and I have full control doing what I'm doing right now. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. Once you go that route, it's like you're you, fucked. You're along for the damn ride. Yep. And then you can't do any of your own shit because it's going against right. you know the contract. It's like fuck, right. man. So, so you know, and, and even talking, even talking to some of the production crews, you know, they'll be the first one to tell you that YouTube is their biggest competition in the reality TV market because we are true reality TV. Yeah, yeah, we Never we've had we've that. had some pretty big people come after us for our podcast, and we're like, you know what, fuck your money, we like to just do our own thing. Yeah, so you know, and, and I don't, <laughs> I think if, I, if you do YouTube for the money, it shows. Yeah, one hundred percent. You have to be uh, genuine. I mean, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm very appreciative of what I make off YouTube, but it's not the reason why I do it. Yeah, and th- and that shows you're 
Your and subscribers people will see always that. pick being up on organic, that. being fucking real, yeah, doing your being fucking authentic. Thing. That's yeah. what that that's what gets people coming back. Well, and I think yeah. that's in all honesty, they I think that's what shoots. Able, they will be able to relate to you if they can relate to you and they can see themselves in you. That's your winning ticket. Well, and that's what I think. That's where I was going with my comment. I think that's what shoots Aaron Witt in the foot, and he overpowers it with all of the oomph behind what he's doing. Yeah. But a lot of the industry sees that it's not genuine. It's not authentic. He's a kid taking pictures at, uh, of the industry. You look at Chris's growth. You look at my growth. You look at Matt at Diesel Creek's growth. It's yep. 100% organic. Yep. Aaron's growth is is being savvy with keywords and knowing when to post and what to post. It's, it's pretty much it's, uh, it's, you're paying to take Viagra. Yes, there's a, there's a there's a complete difference in audiences there. That was a nice analogy like there. Like Aaron Witt is the the blue pill of the industry. <laughs> <laughs> you pay to play. <laughs> have you met Aaron in person? He's a little video guy, dude. I I have not met him in person. We we interviewed him on this show, and yeah. then I've interviewed him on the dirt, and so I've had a couple yeah. interactions with him, video Super and nice. audio wise. And then I've also had a handful of people who have met him in person and have gone, yeah, he's a complete asshole in person. I I mean, I didn't get the complete asshole vibe from him. He's definitely uh, got very a little arrogance. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, I, I can knock that out of a person in no time flat. So usually about three comments in, we're on an even playing field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got that young man syndrome where he thinks yeah. his shit don't stink. Well, he starts talking all technical like you read some damn spec book somewhere about a piece of equipment and you ask something about true performance and he's like Bleh. yeah exactly you've never actually done it you've read about it yeah. <laughs> uh, i mean i'm passionate about pushing the trade oh like, fuck I yeah that's 100 we're all yeah. on the same boat. And, I, and I, I don't want to shit on aaron because no. i applaud everything he's done on we, that. we just, just like to poke jokes more, yeah i just wish he had more experience actually working in the trades well I, you know what even if he doesn't i'm all for what he's doing just be honest yes. about it. Just be honest that this is what I love. This is what I'm trying to promote because yes. I love it. Stop trying to be an authority in the industry. That's well, that's he, where he, he crosses found, the line. He found his he found his niche the same way I was just talking about finding the niche. You know, he loves uh, uh, video, videography. I can't even yeah. talk about yeah, yeah. all that stuff. And he found an industry that didn't have a whole lot of that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. In, in, in a big industry with big yeah. money. Well, and, and, well and, and it's honesty, a lot of photogenic equipment. He's yeah. he's presenting this shit in a way that the younger generation is is eating it up, and I'm all You're, for that. I'm yeah. I'm all about that. I've always been all about his overall messaging, but where he really started to rub me the wrong way is where he really, you know, a young man syndrome. He gets that arrogance yeah. and the cockiness about him, and all of a sudden he thinks he's an authority in the industry, and it's like, dude, check yourself. You need yeah. to recognize who you are in the industry and the industry is not looking highly on you for, for talking as an yeah. authority figure. I mean, let's face the facts. The first backhoe I ever ran was the Mexican one with the wooden handle. <laughs> <laughs> we called it Jose. You know Jose, what? Yeah. I, I'll tell you the first backhoe I ran was at Dairy Queen and it was in the little <laughs> sand pit out back. I'm not going to tell you the first time I had a backhoe. <laughs> You had a bad hoe? <laughs> no, We're not going to go I, there. It, it, but, you know, that's a whole new pers perspective he brings to the industry, too. So, it's, oh, yeah. uh, it's shining it, a light it, on the industry, and it 
it it needs it we're a dying breed yeah. man yeah we are we we've got to push the trades which is which is why we started this platform is no one really caters to the trades no one develops just fun entertaining content for the trades and it was like you know let's go push something just for the trades but let's, we wanted let's go it, focus on them we wanted just to be where people just listen and just like him jumping on a show like us, just bullshitting and talking that. This is this is job side conversation. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. absolutely, and that's what it's intended to be. Is this is not supposed to be some Mike? Tell me what your emotional state was when you decided to start your like. Who the fuck cares about that, Mike? What's the shittiest thing anyone ever said to you? <laughs> <laughs> this question. Has your porter john been clean this week? Yeah. <laughs> or this year? Because <laughs> if not, we can send a shit wagon down there that says the stool yeah. bus on it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a long way to haul some turds. That's okay. You're holding one. <laughs> Mike, how many more years are you going to keep grinding out in the field? Man, I don't know. I'm 43 years old. I've always told everybody by the time I'm 50, I want to do what I want to, not what I have to, but all right, man. I truly enjoy working. What do you want to do? Well, that's I mean, where we end the show with that question. Oh, you motherfucker. Are you trying to wrap up already? Are we doing that? No. I, I feel like this interview could go on for another two hours and we'd all be yeah, fine. We might have to have part one, part two on this. I, you know what? If you're that's down, okay. I'd be down because this has been a fantastic. <laughs> been like I haven't even gotten to half the shit I was wanting to ask you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I, I love, I, I truly love working. Like it's, if, yeah. if you do, if you do what you love every day, it's not work. Right? It's not, yeah. it's playing. And, uh, I would like, you know, and I, I shouldn't, I'm close to where I'm at right now, but I would just love to pick and choose gravy train jobs that I truly enjoy for awesome customers I already have. Yeah. yeah. And just just stay active and, and, and keep going and not deal with the septic permitting and all the stupid, you know, demo permits and the, you know, the paperwork and the bureaucracy is what just drives you crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I, as time goes on, uh, if the, if the channel keeps going, I'd love to take the show on a road a little bit and, you know, go kind of do what Aaron does to some extent, but on a smaller scale, like, yeah. you know, go to a, decent size operation my size and kind of plug myself in for a day that's exactly and, uh, what i've been wanting to do is travel yeah. travel around showcase contractors and just spend a day with them and then film that you know aaron go aaron goes for the the jugular with the the multi-billion dollar worldwide projects i yep. i do go down the street and see how what joe blow's doing and yep. pick his brain about how he goes about stuff because that's the common guy that yeah. two-thirds of the workforce is made out of yep, yep. Yep. Um, and and also if you could get into some of those mid-size companies those those they're not the billion dollar companies but they're also yeah, not the mom and like, pops to be able to yeah, kind of pick uh, their brain and let people know how they think about business what sort of decisions they're making what are their thought processes i think yeah, that'd be valuable of, uh, one of my best friends owns about a hundred million dollar a year company just down the road down here they do a lot of heavy highway contracting and stuff and you know, comparing notes with him, the way they go about business and the way I go about business is, is might as well be, you know, United States and Mexico. It's just two different yeah. minds completely. Yeah. And I wouldn't, you know, they're bordering on maybe being a large business, but they, they're not a big business. You know, they ain't one of these super contractors like Walsh or Keywood or some of these guys, yeah. trailer brothers. Um, so it's, yeah, there's, there's different levels to everything. Yeah. 100%. 
On, on so that note, <laughs> how big do you think Aaron Witt's mouth can open? <laughs> Jesus. Because <laughs> that about, is exactly who he goes after, are the key wits. And the <laughs> well, why, why don't you tell us? You sound like you got a little experience. No, no. I'm just, I've always been curious because it's always, it's always the biggest gyms in the industry that yeah. he tends to showcase. And it's like, dude, I always thought yeah, it would be but, interesting. Oh, going back to this, like we were talking about, you know, going to the small operations, whatever, like you've, you've grown businesses, profitable businesses going into small operations that, you know, they're doing it all, but they're fucking failing. They're under fire. So almost like making a TV show or like a YouTube show of help, you know, like you go into the restaurant takeover, like this restaurant's doing shitty. Yeah. You can do this and then fucking make it great and walk away. Well, you it, know? Don't, uh, it don't take long to tell you how most of them fail. Everybody thinks they got to have new shit starting off. Yep. Guess what? Yep. My old shit, so, shit just as good as your new shit and it yep. costs a third of the price. So mm-hmm. you just described the Gordon Ramsay of excavating. That's what Is was, that what we're going yeah, for? Yeah. That's oh, what I, like I was it. just saying. Hell's excavating. Hell's excavating. Dude, so uh, it's interesting. You were talking about you got you got Logger Wade that was on Axeman. You got a couple. When I first started my channel here about a year and a half, two years ago, I got approached by the, you know, the company Tough Built. They sell some shit through Home Depot and a couple other things. They got tool belts and stuff. They were starting. They were they were talking about yeah, starting. Yeah, none of those real carpenters use that shit. Well, I, <laughs> I don't give a fuck because they got a shitload I'm of money. I'm just fucking with you. And at the, and at the time, they approached me. They were going to start like, you know how you get on Roku and you got the Amazon channel, you got the Netflix and all that. They were going to start a new channel and they were looking for content and it was all going to be based on the trades. And they approached me about doing a show and we were two weeks out from filming before they shit canned it. But it was the same sort of thing. It was like that was exactly the premise was we were going to go around and work with contractors Mm -hmm. and showcase the everyday Joe. You know, I think this would be really easy to do on YouTube if you just find a sponsor. That's it. You got to have someone to pay for all that travel because it's so expensive. Yeah, you know, if you if you had somebody throw, I'm just going to say a hundred grand at this, where two guys could travel around, maybe hit ten or fifteen different locations. Yes, that's you're not going to be profitable. you're not going to be profitable the first year, but I think you would. You know, you got to have the you got to have a. I think you need probably what two guys. And then you need some experts in the background a little bit, but they don't have to travel. Dude, I just you. came up with the fucking greatest idea. I'm going to start a fucking station called Dirty Jobs. I'm going to travel around and see people work. I feel like you know there might the, be some copyright my, infringements there. <laughs> you know the uh, uh, the original it. name of the original name of my YouTube channel was supposed to be Dirtball TV. All right, Dirtball TV. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. I got shut down on that. There's there's still time to go back to that. Dude, that's I love it that that's where your mind is because that's exactly where my passion was. My passion has always yeah. been, and that's where I started too. I was traveling around and I worked with, I don't know, four or five different contractors around the country where we were traveling around. But the problem is, unless the contractor can afford to pay for your travel and your lodging. Well, and if they're asking you for help, they're probably not in a good position to do I, that. Then that's, that's it. it. And, and so we weren't able to continue doing well, and it. And then we'd call up some people. And you're trying to introduce yourself, and they're like, "And what can you do? Yeah, and who yeah. are you?" But but I'm <laughs> with you. If you were to get someone to sponsor that and really push that as its own thing, I think that would well, be wildly successful. The, the number one 
worst business advice you can ever take from anybody is taking business advice from somebody that's never been in business themselves. Yeah, 100%. Cracks my shit up. These people never once owned their business, but they went to business school and can tell you everything about their business. So here's Um, what you got to do. You've got to get your... Oh, that drives. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, let me give you an education in 12 months. Yeah. Real quick. I mean, I, <laughs> like I said, everybody in my family has been self employed, and I went two years of vocational school, which was a joke. But I mean, I've got this school of hard knocks. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. there, there's no better education than that. Yep. Trust me, I fucked some shit up and I've made some bad decisions. But we all have, though. If you come out yeah, on top, that's, that's all that it. matters. That's part of it. Yep part of it but no we need to get this going we need to get this just figure this out when make it work well Mike, all your big we appreciate you actually calling in yeah, and taking time to sit down with us talk with us and well, last have time, some last fun time, heck you called me i didn't call you that's true fuck you mike oh yeah i guess we did <laughs> <laughs> but you know you actually stuck it out <laughs> thanks for not hanging up on us <laughs> well, your ego's not as big as your show <laughs> No, that's well, what gonna, that's what's fun though. That again, I feel like there is a lot of stuff we didn't get to. Absolutely, absolutely. yeah. We we have a shitload of questions that we didn't even remotely well, touch just, on. Just more honestly, more genuine conversation really is that's, that's what it's yeah. about. Yeah. Yep. So, Mike, leaving our audience with anything, if you could give them any aspects of inspiration or hope, what would it be? Man, do what you love, like. The, the biggest thing I've got doing some of these meet and greets and stuff at some of these uh, big expos and events we go to is I, every time I do it, I'll get two or three people that come up to me and said, man, two years ago, I was sitting at a desk watching your video and you had a four year degree, had a good job and just miserable. And they're like, I went out, bought a mini excavator and just started doing it. He's like, I've never been happier. Uh, yeah, that is it. Is that you not know, the biggest so, chest swelling pride you've ever yeah. felt? Well, that's a really close second to a guy that comes straight out of high school and said, man, I went in the trades and I haven't regretted it. Thanks. Yeah. You know, thanks for pushing me. That's awesome. Um, now, I'm not saying you need to get in the excavating business. Maybe you're sitting in an excavator and you want to be a computer programmer. It don't matter which direction you go. Absolutely. Just do what you love. If you don't worry about the money, the money will take care of itself. Yeah, absolutely. Right like I tell all of the people I meet in back alleys, this is a two-way street. <laughs> you can be the giver or taker. It <laughs> That's don't right. Matter. That's right. That reminds me of one random story I'll leave you on before we leave. We were working up there at Wrigley Field. We had, you know, downtown Chicago was a mess. So we were walking back and forth to the hotel and I had to piss, man. So I, I slid down this alley, started leaking, look up at the, the wall, and there's a sign on it that says, please do not pee on our church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, wow. So did you redirect? Must not have been the only person that had the urge in the same spot leaving the stadium. (laughs) Yes. The preacher walks out every night and just smells like urine. (laughs) I just turned around and started waving as I figured for sure somebody's watching me on camera somewhere. Right. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So, uh, Ty, you want to ask your question? Yeah. So my question that I was going to ask earlier before he did is, uh, you. it's it's super famous. (laughs) You know, everybody knows it, but, uh, if you could change anything, what is your dream job? Man, if I could change anything, I think I would start doing what I'm doing now sooner. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't regret anything, but I'm thinking, man, if I would have started YouTube back whenever Chris did, where would I be at now? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I, I'm very content, very happy, very pleased where I'm at with life right now, personally and professionally. I just, I, mean, I do not regret it, but if I was going to change anything, I think I would have started about five years sooner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So my question for you is, and you can take this as heavy or as light as you want, or, or as I normally say, you can take it as deep or as shallow as you want. Well, you go on a date with me. <laughs> You're not quite flavor. <laughs> <laughs> you got shot down. No, what is your purpose? So, uh, my purpose first, you know, I got two kids and a wife. First and fir- first and foremost is to provide for the family, right? Yep. Uh, but uh, my dad got killed 22 years ago in an accident, and um, he was one of those guys that um, he was always pinching every penny for retirement because it was going to be great, right? Yep. And never made it. Yeah. And. I've tried to find the happy balance in life of being living now, like sharing everything I learned with the people coming up. Like some of these people just want to keep all their trade secrets, right? I'd really enjoy being a mentor and passing what knowledge I've gained on, but also living in the present and not worrying about the future as much. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that directly answers your question, but just being, I'm very, very, very involved with community stuff. Just being a good member of society. Um, never ever complain about a problem unless you got a solution to it. Yeah. Cause at that point you're just part of the problem. Yeah. Um, so just being a good productive member of society is probably the biggest thing. Fucking awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a that was, that was, that was probably like a two out of 10, you know, for our, our answers for that. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, that, was, that was fucking, kids. that was spot on brother. So it, it's, so people get so caught up in shit that just don't matter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know 100%. I mean? And, uh, I'm, I, I just don't get caught up on the, on the small things. I'm kind of a big picture guy. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on Mike. We appreciate yeah, it's it. Been man. Fun. This has been an absolute blast. Oh, good. Good. Glad I didn't bomb. No, no. Well, we'll find out. I yeah, guess we'll, when, find out yeah, next we'll week let you know here in a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out this was the worst episode ever, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so well, he, go ahead. I said you didn't tell me I was going up, going head to head with Aaron Witt. Yeah, you right? know what? He was way early on, so I think there's been enough buffer that no one's got any real expectations. Yes. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Here it is. It's that moment in the show. Oh God! It's that moment in the show. You know what it is. Sean Littlefield, Eric Ramey, thank you. Thank you for supporting us. We do this every week for you guys. And we need your support. I have a sick child at home. That's right. Todd here, is here sitting in studio. As you've noticed, Todd has been almost speechless tonight because he doesn't know shit about the activating I industry. I have no idea what the fuck but happens with We're going to claim it's due to him being sick. He don't even have enough money to pay for urgent care. That's true. And so his <laughs> daughter is sitting at home sick right now while Todd drinks beer and does a podcast. All by the fire. And it's only through your support that he can continue to do so. So head over to paypal.me forward slash sweat and grind. If you donate up to $50, you get 10 Sweat and Grime stickers. Up to $100, you get a Sweat and Grime travel mug for that sweet, bomb-ass, terrible gas station coffee you drink. And for 100 we could probably get Mike to sign one of our shirts. Oh. 
Oh. I'm afraid to ask, what do I get for two hours of my time? Hold on. We'll talk we about that after that, the show, yeah. Mike. Uh, off air. Uh, off air. Come on. You just ruined this all. Yeah, sidebar. <laughs> Come on. We're, 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 we're getting like sentimental and stuff, you know. Come on. So, oh. over $100, you get a mug and a shirt, and it's up in the air as to whether or not it will be signed by Mike. We'll find out after the show. But you'll still get the sweatshirt or the t-shirt sorry it's not a sweatshirt oh, we're cheap we're cheap as fuck guys because top is has a sick child like uh, whatever it is what it is fader yeah. out fader out <laughs> contribute to the show guys paypal.me forward slash sweat and grime we appreciate you guys supporting the show legitimately do us a favor subscribe to the show if you're on podcast uh whether it's apple podcast or spotify follow hit like, that share. follow or subscribe button that helps us out Give us a five-star rating because that helps us out, too. That tells Apple and Spotify that we're worth listening to. And we to. just learned tonight, fucking comment. Yeah, fucking comment. <laughs> and now, oh, I will Jesus. say, this is, this is a new thing. We are implementing a new policy because, as you listeners are familiar, we have a lot of listeners on our show, and we love it. Legitimately, we do love it. But... When you come on the show, you've been listening to Sweat and Grime. You know what the standard is. You know what the bar is. And so if you are unable to have a entertaining conversation We're gonna roast going forward, we will roast the fuck out of you. We will hang up on you if you are not entertaining. And then we will continue to talk about how shitty of a guest you were. And it's all in love because that's how Sweat and Grime rolls. But you have to be entertaining. So if you message our Walmart greeter talk <laughs> and ask to be on the show, it, be ready to be hung up. Yeah, on be ready and roasted that, the fuck that out if of you're it. not going to be fun and entertaining, we're going to hang up on you and then we're going to give you shit for the rest and of the we'll show. And we'll prank call you for and a couple And for days. our guests that's on the show, Mike, how could they follow you and watch you on YouTube and get a hold yeah, of you? Yeah, 100% plug Dude, all of your stuff. Realizing, realizing how lucky I am, I made it two hours without getting hung up on. That, was, two hours and two minutes, Mike. That That's, was a challenge I didn't even know I accepted. Uh, you know it, what? And you nailed it, man. <laughs> we let it be. Yeah, you nailed it. Plug away, Mike. How can they find you? Yeah, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and uh, obviously YouTube's the big one. It's pretty much Dirt Perfect. You search Dirt Perfect on any of them, I'm usually the first one that pops up. That's fucking perfect. There you go. Mike, is your Dirt Perfect? Yes. When he leaves. <laughs> it may take him two or three times, but it's or perfect when he leaves. Hours. That's the, the best the thing name, about dirt. <laughs> the, the purpose of the name was to be a joke. Hey, uh, thanks for being on again, Mike. That's been a pleasure. We're wrapping her up. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys. It's been a good time. Absolutely. Don't hang up, though. And as always, everybody, thank you guys so much for listening. We just, we just gave you a bunch of shit in our outro, but legitimately, thanks for listening. We love you guys. You guys make the show, and we love talking to you guys. Reach out on Instagram. Tot, Tot will Walmart greet the fuck out of you. Bring it! We'll see you guys. We'll catch you guys next week on Swaggram! Later! Later!